everyone. Welcome to the Felicity Optimist versus Cynic podcast with us, your hosts, Melissa and Fish. This is a Felicity Rewatch podcast. We'll watch an episode each week and join you here to talk about it. But what could happen when we do that? Well, we could possibly tell you a spoiler because this is not a spoiler-free podcast. So that's why that would happen, that you might hear a spoiler from us. I am Melissa, and I am here with my invincible co-host, Fish. Fish, how are you doing today? Well, I'm I'm not feeling invincible, um, as I will now explain. I have bitten my tongue. Oh my God. And so I may say words a little weird. So I apologize if you can't always tell what I'm saying. Um, as just experienced with Melissa, where I said something, she had no idea what I said, yeah. and she just nodded and went along with it. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. that's the move today, guys. New <laughs> segment for the whole podcast. Guess what Fish said? And, yeah. you know, my goal is going to be to run with it, whatever I think she said, and that may or may not be right, and you'll get much amusement from it, I have no doubt. Yeah. 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 Well, what are we going to try to talk about today, you might be asking? We're going to talk about James and the Giant Peace. This was season three, episode nine, originally aired November 29th, 2000. It's written by Josh Rimes and directed by Harry Weiner, whose name is just all over season three so far, I feel like. I feel like we keep seeing his name at least twice in the last, since season three, episode five, episode seven episode nine he's all over the place anyway here's the episode description ben is is concerned for molly sarah jane potts and felicity's (laughs) safety after molly says that she is still struggling with her addiction elena is questioned about her affair with professor mcgrath by a school administrator elsewhere megan tells sean that her life has become boring and heads out to a nightclub yeah i mean that happens Mm -hmm. all those things happen well Uh mm, i think the the reductive version of the first line is a little too simple (laughs) for the situation ben is concerned for molly and felicity's safety after molly says that she is struggling with her addiction it was a bit more than that that was true. Um, I mean, other things happened. Yeah. Uh, but also those things happened. Also those things happened. <laughs> so, Fish, where do you want to start with this? I feel like they had a lot of different storylines that felt fairly balanced to me in mm-hmm. just like how much time they gave them. So, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. I'm fine with starting at the beginning, as we have been doing. Um, But if we want to continue um, discussing a certain plot line, we can. Um, I will just say, I think the name was a little, like the title of the show was a little um, anticlimactic. I mean, so late. Well, but also giant, really. (laughs) I mean, I feel like it should have been considerably larger. If they're going to call it, but then it, a it giant wouldn't piece. have been a reference to a old doll book, you know. <laughs> I agree, but if you're going to do the reference, go all the way. Like, so just have, have like a Bugs Uzi. Bunny size, yeah. like <laughs> the Bugs Bunny Elver Fudd, like duel of it all, where they just keep pulling out bigger guns. You wanted 
what you yeah. wanted was like one of the ones they pull out at the end, like the rocket right. launcher. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like the, maybe the size of maybe the whole bag was just the gun. Like she just comes <laughs> rolling through the apartment in a tank. Yes. <laughs> Somehow. That's that feels right to me. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So Fish so, is going to take issue right. with the episode title here for that reason. And a little bit. I don't blame you. Yeah. Um, but you know where we started? Yeah, we started this super awkward dude with a limp um, on Noel's computer. He's so decided to do graphic design and it is not working out. So the thing that never gets mentioned in all of this. Okay. So we're, we open on a screen, we open on, I guess this was Flash in its early iteration. Um, and Noel is trying to produce a, a graphic a, a graphic design project to present to his professor who works with a company called Icebox. He's hoping that he can get an in with him or an in with Icebox. The title of the project is Farm Boy Animation. In... Hmm. The image we see, so we see a, a robot-like guy walking and a cityscape behind him. Yeah. <laughs> and a mailbox. There is, in fact, no farm. No, nor a boy, really. That was a full-sized man. A full-sized man. So, like, as much as Felicity helps him, my first thought is <laughs> maybe put a farm in this. And a boy. And a boy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right. yeah. you know, or just retitle it. I think Two that might have made more sense. Walks home in the suburbs. I just, guys, really take a look at that animation for a minute and tell me how you get farm boy animation <laughs> from what is depicted on screen. Uh, yeah, but yeah. Felicity is taking a look at it. She has other critiques. It's it's the the concept is okay for her, but it's the execution of it in terms of the actual human. She's like, well, it looks like a robot, not so much a man walking. The mailbox. I mean, she does see an animal. Yeah. It's an elephant. An elephant. But and it should be a mailbox. Mailbox, but... yeah. 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 I mean, maybe she was thrown off by the title. Even then. <laughs> walk me through what farms have elephants on them. I just, there's, guys, the concept here needs work. Um, yeah. But... Yeah, so Felicity is asking all these questions, which is just sort of slowly crushing Noel. And yeah, Noel's <sighs> self-esteem issues are coming back like mm -hmm. big time. Um, he's been rejected by Tyra Banks. He's getting a divorce, maybe not really, and he'll get a check from Doritos Chick. And now he's trying to restart this four-year plan. And maybe the issue all along was that he's not very good at what he wants to do and maybe he should just marry a hot girl oh. and then he'd be happier. Oh man. I mean, Ruby's gone. Well, but you keep making a case for her coming back every time you make predictions. Yeah, so who knows? Told who me knows? She is. Yeah. So, <laughs> a spoiler free podcast. <laughs> or um, maybe she's lied to me. She's just been gaslighting me for the last several I've been like, doing. I just several... enjoy it. Yeah. I enjoy it so much. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, you know, Noel has turned the visual into 
a computer animation, which there is definitely skill to that. But Felicity feels like she can bring her artistic skills to the table. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's taken life motion. She's So <clears throat> she'll take a crack at it, see if she can make it any better. Yeah. And um, he's like, okay, well, great. Try it out. And he gives her a little pad to write on. And Elena comes in wearing the shiniest of shiny black coats. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, full length. Fantastic. Elena's going through it right now, isn't she? Yeah. she's She's got some less than happy news for her. Yeah. She was asked to speak to the university, to a disciplinary committee for the university about McGrath. Apparently... So, you know, this list was circulating that Tracy saw, and apparently she's one of eight women who were named as being potentially women that McGrath was with, or students that McGrath was with. Yeah. And so she says she's been named in this charge against him. And Felicity just turns around and goes, ah, that's insane, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And Elena's like, well, that's true. Uh, kind of did that. And Felicity's like, oh, my God, and turns to Noel. Noel's like, yeah, I know. I mean, I, I think this goes to show you how well kept this secret was, right? Because you almost forget that Felicity doesn't know about this. Yeah. Uh, it's so old news to us. And now it's resurfacing. And we're just realizing that Elena really kept this under wraps. But I think if Felicity really looks deep down, she'll see that this checks out. There were a lot of signs that she was picking up on that Mm. she was mentioning to Elena and she doesn't fight back on this at all. She's like, yep. Okay. Makes sense. Got it. Yeah. This is just what happened. Yeah. This, this episode is, I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, yeah. Well, they're definitely getting into some, it's a real balance between super serious stuff and stuff that just has nothing to do with anything at all, but that we love, you know, it's just, or maybe we love, I don't know. It provides a welcome relief to some of the other storylines that are happening. But actually, when you look at the serious stuff, they're dealing with some really rough, like complicated major life issues that actually are probably pretty real. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that they're dramatizing them as much as they can, but also this stuff happens. And I think we we get a really good look at some different sides of these characters. And that's what I found so interesting. Oh. Um, and I can tell that I sound weird. Uh, <laughs> I'm self-conscious about it. No, no, no. We love you. <laughs> You're invincible. Uh, and... <laughs> <laughs> Yes, different sides of character. Try to not say S's or N's. It's going to be really hard to do across probably what's, I'm guessing what'll be more than a two-hour podcast, right? So just say your S's and your N's. We'll deal with it. We're doing this segment. We have all agreed. (laughs) Every single one of the listeners and I have hand shook and said, we are going to guess what you're saying if we don't know. And we're just going to run with it. Okay? So that's the rule. That's the rule for today. So... I'm interested see to explore the characters. what you're yeah. saying further. Um, 
which might be easier to do as we get to those scenes where you're like, oh, this is a new side that I saw. Well, I mean, first of all, we actually get to see something about Molly, which is more than the nothing we've seen so far. Yeah, and they gave actually more backstory about her stuff than I remembered, so it checked out a little bit more than I thought, but we're going to have to see if it holds up on scrutiny. Um, Yeah, so the next scene we get, they do the same thing over again. You know, they're going around the room, and first they show us Ben, and then eventually they show us Molly. It's the Al-Anon group, by the way, which they actually named in this episode as Mm Al-Anon. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, and so, you know, the, the group leader is looking at Ben kind of saying, he's shifting in his chair. He's squirming a little bit. He is. It's like, he wants to say something, but he's not really sure. And she's kind of looking at him and then Molly jumps in. Mm -hmm. She's like, all right, I'll talk. Yeah. And she's like, you know, that guy that you all said that I should get rid of that I said I was going to dump. I didn't dump him. And now he's getting evicted because he's using. And the thing is, I'm also using cocaine. It's not crack, but it's still. But he is using crack. Um, yes. They give us and a she's lot. She's trying of... to stay away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually give us quite a lot of exposition here. <laughs> they really do. They yeah, play it off pretty well. This is the place to do it. Yeah. You know? Um, and all you get from Ben is this like shocked look. I mean, again, I think this is, this is like the third or fourth episode where we just end every scene with like somebody looking off into space. Yeah. Yeah. So you can see that this is really kind of putting the squeeze on Ben to some degree and we're going to catch, and I feel like this scene this next moment of a scene starts to address something that you were complaining about last, you know, last time we covered this, where Ben is going to talk to the leader of this group who's named Alicia. He says, you know, this is so crazy. Like, what are we supposed to, what, we just sit here and listen to people talk about this stuff? And she's like, well, you did hear me name those other groups. Yeah. Which, which I'm assuming are N.A. Yeah. Which is... Uh... What is it? It's Narcotics, Narcotics Anonymous. Um, and we have to remember in the beginning that they found something that looked like meth, right? I mean, that didn't particularly look like cocaine. Yeah. Um, but okay, um, we've now decided to move to cocaine. And Ben here is, it just shows how new he is. Um, and because he's like, we want, you know, I want to do something. I want to help. And I do feel like this is a, you know, a side of him that we have seen before that's just coming out in this really strong way. He's got this hero complex mm-hmm. that he just can't let go of. And he also knows this person. You know, it's not a random person from the group. This is his girlfriend's roommate. But that's not what this group is for. Yeah, this is where I think potentially you and I are going to have sort of like differing angles that we look at this from, but um, I yeah. it may not be what this group is for, but then he shouldn't be in this group if she's in it, in my opinion. Then one of them should leave 
because I think that would be the only way I could cope with this situation is to not even create it. Because for me, the, there is nothing correct for Ben to do in this situation. And there is nothing wrong for Ben to do. Like everything is equally wrong and right that he has in front of him as options. Um, I, I, I know you're going to disagree with that. <laughs> Um, um we'll get more we'll there get more later. into it yeah. yeah but it's here that i really think he's got this hero complex and it's the the point of the group is for support it's a support group like mm -hmm. that's what you do is you sit around and you talk mm -hmm. and um there's a concept called crosstalk um which is like if somebody says something then you you're never supposed to give advice or talk about like them. You can talk about your own stuff that maybe like it reminded you of, but like you're not even supposed to give advice inside the group mm -hmm. or out of it. Like that is the, the length to which it goes to saying, no, you're not there to like, actively do something we're here to listen mm -hmm. like that is a specific rule there's only like three of them or something yeah. it's like you don't do crosstalk <laughs> um yeah. and and so the leader's like yeah i told molly about this other group which i'm assuming is na right because she should not be talking about this in al-anon should they have named it for NA? us yeah um i don't i mean i don't know that it maybe because here's the thing i don't know the exact history of how the groups were formed i mean aa was formed first and then this constellation of like a's was formed after that um i've kind of done some research to help with with these plot lines um so like alanon didn't exist for a while like na was later and now there's like a whole bunch of them i mean there's like as I said, Overeaters Anonymous, there's like Sexual Compulsive Anonymous, there's like all kinds of addiction. Um, there's, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Codependence Anonymous, which it kind of sounds like Molly also maybe needs to go there. Um, but I don't know if that was an option at this point. There's a Codependence um, Anonymous? Yeah. Boy, a lot of people um, need that. <laughs> some thank it, god it, i think it's called codependent um there's like a uh comorbidity uh anonymous so like if you have multiple things like if you have alcoholism and depression or if you have like a crack addiction and adhd um you know because these things work together um and you have to figure out like your medicine and your therapist and all that kind of stuff. As I said, I've been doing a little bit of research and I probably have enough knowledge to be dangerous um, at this mm -hmm. point. But, um, you know, I think, I think what Alicia says is right. She's like, look, you know, be her friend. And if she rejects your help, you have to accept that. And the problem here is he li she lives with his girlfriend, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we'll, They're really we'll get to some a of that later. They're really creating a perfect storm 
of of uh, situational components here, but yeah. But the part I wanted to point out was the hero complex part because I think that'll come back in later. Yeah. So from here, we're gonna see a scene with Ben and Felicity. Ben's gonna give her a big hug. He's just, I don't know. He's obviously still thinking about the group that he was meeting that he was just in. Mm-hmm. And he asks her, you know, what would you do if you knew somebody with an addiction? And she's like, well, I'd listen and I'd be there. Yeah, I had a real problem with this sentence. He says, what would you do if you knew someone who had an addiction and they weren't doing everything they could to deal with it? Mm-hmm. And I was just like, excuse you. You've been to how many meetings? You don't have an addiction? Like, what makes you the expert on somebody else's like capacity and capability to deal with their own addiction? Mm-hmm. Like if you're saying, what would you do if you knew someone who had an addiction and they caused a threat? That's one thing. Mm-hmm. But, but this like thinking he knows what Molly should do or mm-hmm. that she's not doing enough. I mean, his whole thing around this just bugs me. And I, I do love that um, he gets back both times from both people the same response, which just is listen. listen to them, be mm-hmm. there for them. And Ben just starts on this lying streak. I mean, this is lie number one. He's like, oh, I'm just thinking about my dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yeah, he needs to play this off. Uh, Well, he doesn't actually need to because he could have heard anybody talk in that group, but he he chooses to say it was about his dad. And she's like, aw. He lies through this whole episode. I was just like, lie, 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 lie. Yeah, he does have some moments there for sure. So we're going to switch to a more ridiculous plot line. Uh, that will create what I imagine was for you like the most spoiled, wonderful moment of the episode. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm just going to say, if you don't measure this show in assless pants, I that don't is absolutely know my if, if we can yeah. continue to be friends. No, 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 um, that is absolutely the unit I have written down in his exact words. Um, yeah. Fear not. Okay, but Perfect. but hey, guys, wipe that from your mind. Pretend you didn't hear it so you can be in much glee. At the end of this. <laughs> um so Megan Megan goes out to buy food and it was a normal day. She was having a fine day with Sean, but this is where it all hits the fan because <laughs> she's out getting she's uh looks like she's at like a hot dog stand or some sort of stand, but it, then she has groceries. I don't know, I don't know where she was just getting stuff, but <laughs> She's been buying some food and she's out and about and she sees Earl and a couple of ladies that she used to hang out with. Yep. Yep. Earl's just going to be super passive aggressive. He's really passive aggressive. It's beautiful. It kind of is. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, oh my goodness. So he's, um, can't remember the first woman he calls her. The second one is Martha Stewart. Mm-hmm. Um, and he calls her FFOE, like, former friend of Earl's. Oh my God, that was amazing. <laughs> Which you feel like that must be something he does, or he just creates acronyms yes. for things and then explains them to people because they don't actually know what he's talking about. Yes, nobody would. Um, yeah. 
And Megan has no idea what's going on. She's just like, what? And then <laughs> Love Girl, he says that she's, <laughs> she's sold out and she thinks she's the shiznits. <laughs> and I'm like, for a guy who's trying to be like really cool, that wasn't the word. Said, shiznits. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's true. Oh my goodness. I, I mean, but this is also yeah. 2000. I mean, we were getting a lot of Snoop Dogg and like a lot of a lot of people using Kevin Weissman was never the guy that no. that phrase was intended for no. in any iteration of who he is which is part of what makes it so magical it, you exactly. know it's just like this man he's he's, like, a, he's a tool but that's okay yeah um he is a complete, he's a complete but he's tool. also the leader of his group and he seems to be reflecting popular opinion amongst his group which is because she's like oh where are you guys off to just casually asking he's like like you want to know you're domesticated now you boring <laughs> like she he just he can't with her <laughs> and it's it's so real and i i think yeah. y- you know maybe she could have laughed it off with him but then one of the other girls stays behind like sorry about him and megan's like yeah. but you don't agree do you she's like yeah i do but Hey, yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, think the affirmation uh, of it, it was just what really killed her. Cause she was like, this isn't just a, an Earl opinion. <laughs> I mean, she's, she's speechless. Like she yeah. just, she, she doesn't even have a response anymore to this. Mm-hmm. I mean, Earl and his friends walk up to her and basically call her a basic bitch. Use the word shiznits and leave her there yeah and this is the state she's in as she comes into her apartment with well, the, i don't loft, know I think. back at the loft yes yeah. sorry um i forget that she doesn't live there because she's always there yeah. um <laughs> so we get back to, to loft. sean's there yeah to i don't know what music you heard but what i heard was like super like Jewish. Yes. Very. Yes. Uh, yes. I I hesitate okay. to even put any other words on it because I don't know how to not like I don't know how to be. It is. It offensive is offensive or not offensive. I don't know what words are right. All it's I know, like in the vein of Hava Nagila, except it's yeah. not Hava Nagila. It's like the one they could get rights to. Yeah. For the episode, and he's wearing a yarmulke, and yes. he's making oatmeal. Uh huh. And he's. This is. This is it. This is the. This night. is his life, and he <laughs> loves it. And I mean, she had been willing to have this night. Uh huh. Left to get some food, came back, and has a total personality. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is fair, right? Because she has changed. She did. She's made. And and I think she makes some him. very good points here. Yeah. And I wouldn't call them big strides. She's well, there, changed. she's changed. She's changed. But she also like has lost some of her personality. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, I have to go out. I have to go out. Um, she's like, I've changed. I'm boring. I'm a shell of my former self because I'm I'm being kind and giving and supportive. But I and the only thing she comes up with here is like, I haven't been clubbing. She she just keeps talking about music. I'm like, is that all there ever was to this? 
was just going out well, and dancing. that's kind of all we knew about it, right? We knew we knew about her interest in nightclubs. We never saw her go to them before the Aretha theory. But we we heard about her going yeah. to one with Story. Obviously, she was very up on that scene. Um, the only other place we ever really saw her hanging out with her friends was in the like underground subway tunnel. Which I feel like led to a club somewhere. Probably led to a club somewhere. <laughs> so I do think, like, I don't know what else her world was comprised of, but I do get the sense oh, that. I felt like it was thing. more, but I guess it's it's music. Hey, she likes music. We all love music. Well, she went to a funeral operation, maybe. I mean. That also could have been a club, though. We don't it could know. Have been a, yeah. but, I mean, it still could have been a funeral operation. There could have been a body there. We don't know. It absolutely But there could probably have been. was music. Yeah. Um, now, Sean has the solution. He's like, look, I've got it. You want to spice excitement? it up. <laughs> We're going to take the oatmeal. Get this. We're going to put some raisins and some cinnamon in that shiznits. Yes. <laughs> That's Megan's crazy. Megan's like, <laughs> like, I got to go. I got to go. But one of the things that I appreciate about this conversation, and it, it happens again later, and it gives you a sense that this is happening all the time, is that when he, she's like, I want to go to a rave. Let's go to a rave. He's like, I lost a nut. And you can just <laughs> tell that every single time he doesn't want to do something, no matter what it is, no matter how big or small, I lost a nut is probably his go-to. And she's almost done with it. I mean, it's been a month. <laughs> Get like, over it. Nope. That's not <laughs> a thing you can use forever. Yeah. yeah. And then, then, then she says something like, when I'm 40 and hunched over from osteoporosis, I'll rent movies. Now I'm young and wild and wearing leather. Yeah. Now... A couple of a couple of days ago, four days ago, our uh, our resident optimist turned forty. Oh my god! Um, I have done this, did this a uh, few months ago, months mm -hmm. ago. Um, are you hunched from osteoporosis? I probably should be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a good example because I'm a former gymnast in my body. I mean, I don't have osteoporosis, but boy, do I have a lot of old injuries. I literally had to move south because every winter I'd wake up and I could barely walk. Yeah. <laughs> Living in California is like the first time in my life that I could get through a winter without waking up and just being in pain every morning. So I might not be the best example of this, but am I hunched over? No. Yeah. So I feel like maybe a little dramatic now that I'm 40. Um, uh, and it, there's something else that I appreciate about this, which I mean, Melissa can comment on the maybe the other side of this, but I will say I spent a fair amount of time in clubs and bars when I was younger. I feel uh -huh. like I did that scene and then I was done with it. And then in my professional life, I traveled the world. And like, you know, I've I've seen the gorillas, you know, the silverback gorillas in Rwanda. I've like 
you know, been been to multiple places in in Pakistan and Nigeria and you know the Kyrgyz Republic and I've done really cool things. Melissa and I went you know hand fishing and um, and you heard about our story about the, the yeah, geckos in Fiji. in Fiji. Like yeah. I just feel <laughs> like I'm forty. And I did the young wild and I'm sure wore leather at one point of my life. Like I get her, like I get this point, like what I would not have been able to sit around eating oatmeal, like in my twenties, like this would not have been a thing. So like Melissa, you can comment on, on like, I mean, she has been all over the world doing all kinds of things too. I don't know. I, I feel at 40, I've done my my fair share and I'm happy to rent a movie now. I've always been happy to rent a movie and I have I mean I have had my adventures too when they come and I I am this really strange cross between being a complete homebody and a major adventure and risk taker. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I'd say major, but I would say like Yeah, I would I, say major. Yeah, like major. I'll she just I gets will, up and moves to another country. Yeah. Like I'll have these things that I do where it's like this period of time, I'm going, I'm going for it. And then when I get settled again, I'm like, quick, put everything back into order. Stay at home, get into, <laughs> get, get into my apartment, get in bed, get like, lock the door behind me. Be fine. Like watch movies. <laughs> so I need to have that balance because if I did, I can't. I just don't have the energy to do the adventurous stuff all the time. Never have. Like I, I get overstimulated. I need to, uh, I guess, recover in an introvert way. And mm -hmm. so I have to have the homebody moments. I have to. So, and in college, uh, last place I wanted to be was a club ever. That was not my idea of adventure that I wanted to have. So yeah. I feel like other things were adventurous for me, but not this particular thing I think that like Sean is on the one hand you look you look at this guy and they're trying to paint this picture of like world's most boring night in <laughs> but then you think about him and he's actually like he's the serial entrepreneur he goes out on a major limb with his ideas and his inventions and he's you know had different roommates and he he and he's dated and he's tried love and like he's he actually does have adventure in his world more so than some people might so i don't know i think um the picture that they're painting of him certainly looks like this uh the homebody we're doing a night in every night sort of thing but i don't know i don't know if he really does cleanly fit into that well, in all fairness, he does need her because it's the Sabbath. And once the sun sets, he can't hit record. That's a deal. I'm not record. He can't hit play yeah. on what I'm assuming is a VHS player at this point. Probably, yeah. <laughs> or maybe there were DVDs. I can't remember. There must have been DVDs. Mm, I think there were DVDs. Early 2000s. Thing. So mm. DVD player, let's assume. Yeah. Um. So when she leaves, he has to like read a book by a candle i yeah. mean it's it's gonna be a real boring night for him i mean he, he has his oatmeal yeah with the raisins and cinnamon and chisnets. Oh my goodness! but we're seeing the tension here 
They've mm-hmm. set it up for us. Yep. This is the fight of the week. There we go. So let's get to a scene. Uh, <laughs> this scene. Yeah. This is a. This made me cringe. Me too. First of all, you know, okay, we're happy. Freshman wants McGrath fired. I have always said McGrath should be fired and Alina should punch him in the face. Still waiting for that second part. But we find out in this scene that McGrath's first name is Peter. I think we are. I don't like that. that. Did we know that? I did. I didn't remember that. Look, another name for penis people. Come up with other names for people. Okay. Like, just Randy isn't necessary. Richard slash Dick isn't necessary. Peter, oh my God. Mm-hmm. Like, how many people do you have in this show named after penises mm-hmm. or having sex? It's, it's can, a I lot. Just, can I just interject with a short anecdote that people may or may not enjoy, but I'm, t- I'm saying it regardless. Yeah, absolutely. So, Fish, when you were and I were in Fiji and mm-hmm. we had a day when we decided to play Scrabble, but we were going to make it <laughs> dirty Scrabble. Okay. Yeah. The only words we could put down were, we were just like, what are the dirtiest words? Like, uh, you know, anything we could think of. Right. And mm-hmm. I had space for four letters and I used Pete. Yeah. Because I couldn't fit Peter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Pete became part of our Scrabble board. Yep. That's it. That's it's, the whole story. It's another name for penis. Yep. Petey. Petey McGrath. Unfortunately, that it's unfortunate that that's what you fixated on in this entire scene because there no, was a lot there of were other, other things. things. There were other things, but I'm also like I underlined Peter. Like, really, we have to hit the nail like, that far on the head. You may um, be asking listeners, what scene is happening right now? Yeah, the scene that's happening is that <laughs> Elena has gone to Dean. I guess this is Dean Allison, right? I assume so, I but who knows? It's um, the dean. It's the dean that keeps showing up as a dean. So I'm glad they keep getting <laughs> him back. And there's consistency there. So Elena's talking to the dean who she has not made a decision, but he is providing more context for her on this situation. And he says that he names the person who's brought the claim forward as Sabina Briscoe, who we met in their freshman year when Felicity and Elena wanted to talk with somebody who had gotten into McGrath's seminar before Mm -hmm. about, it was in the Todd Mulcahy episode that we met her where she was like giving them the rundown on what the test would be like. And she was giving them tips. And she she had saying how sexy McGrath is. She had that weird energy that they, Felicity definitely clocked the weird energy at the time. So this isn't just Elena. Yeah. Elena was like, yeah, he is. Yeah. And she was like, what is happening here? What's going (laughs) on at this table? I'm going to go check out this Todd guy because he's stalking me. Um, So that's what that happened then. So Sabina gets named as the person who is bringing this claim forward. She wants McGrath fired. Apparently she had had a two month relationship with him. We find out that McGrath's former assistant had Mm -hmm. furnished the list of suspected students that McGrath had had a relationship with. And so we get all this information and then Dean, I'm Dean, Dean says to her, 
Peter's a friend. This is hard for me. Yeah, he actually comes around the desk and sits on like the edge of the desk near her, like, but way above her. Yeah. And Elena is clearly uncomfortable. Yeah. And As she probably should be with this posturing yeah. and verbal God. Yeah. And that's <sighs> that's how he says this to her. Like no one else is in the room. It's just her and the dean. And, you know, he, she's like, you know, she's asking questions. She's like, what, what exactly is he being accused of? Mm-hmm. And the dean says he used his authority to coerce sex in return for higher grades. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of see the wheels turning in her head yeah. and i don't know exactly what she's thinking whether it's I assume she's flashing back to the one grade she know of that was changed yeah i don't know whether she's thinking about that or whether she's thinking about the fact that he she went after him and like mm-hmm. it it wasn't coerced um but but she's it definitely leaves off with her staring into space like every other scene and i mean also maybe added to that was that dean's a personal friend of peter's and doesn't really want elena to come forward and has invaded her personal space i just this guy yeah he's not good and if we remember one of the previous times we've seen him when noel was uh noel went to him about the hypothetical situation (laughs) where maybe somebody might have cheated right and dean allison was like Oh, so you cheated. Well, we make an example of those people. This guy. Yeah, he's not great. Puts a lot of pressure on. Maybe not in a way that is conducive to people actually telling you the truth. Well, (laughs) yeah, but at least in this case, I think that's the outcome. Yeah, that's what he's looking for. Um, you know, this is a dangerous this is a dangerous stance for him to be taking with her because there is an entire disciplinary committee involved in this investigation. Yeah, but and no Elena one else could, is in the room. I know, but I know it's a crazy he said she said for her. Yeah, but like, what, is, what is she gonna say? He walked around the desk. He said I he think, knows the professor. He, and he he very clearly said, like, this is tough for me. You know, I think I don't there think was the a disciplinary committee is gonna. They're, they're. I don't think they're. They would take that as enough. I think there's a conflict of interest here for Dean Allison at the very least that he just voiced, and I don't know if you yeah. should be able to be part of this investigation if it's not like an independent review. Yeah, I mean, he's. I think it's super sketchy regardless, but he also puts himself in a little bit of a weird position that if Elena did bring this forward to the, to the disciplinary committee in some way, it could be trouble for him, but that's not the story they're trying to tell here. And she already finds it hard enough to like come forward against McGrath. So she's not going to come forward against Dean Allison, but Dean Allison, you did it all wrong. Okay. Yeah, I know I that's just it, my opinion, but you did it all <laughs> wrong. All of it. Every moment of it. I think it it is a good opinion. Um, and I think it shows 
how comfortable he feels to do this, yeah. how protected he feels yeah. and the huge difference in power dynamic and how, you know, professors, especially tenured professors and male professors are, um, you know, protected. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this scene, I do think, regardless of how it might have played at the time, I think it does give you that sense of why this is such a battle for Elena. You know, just she's up against this, too, of all the other things she's up against. So, yeah. I don't know. Well, let's let's go a little little bit more light here. So Felicity just Noel, for a second. And just for a moment. Felicity and Noel are checking out V2 of Farm Boy Animation, where the robot's now moving more fluidly. Yeah. Looks more like a regular man. Mm-hmm. Still no farm, no boy. boy. Yeah. But Felicity's but, like, hey, yeah. this was fun. We should we should work together on something else. Let's collaborate again. Yeah. They're, is doing, a, they're doing a collab. Yeah. yeah. It's nice. Let's do it. Elaine is going to arrive and kill the mood. So she comes in and she gives them an update. She says that she's not planning to file against Professor McGrath because she's not going to talk to the committee. They have the the committee and and it's her choice as to whether she wants to talk to them. And she is not going to. And the thing that she hangs on to here is, look, I pursued him yeah i i initiated this relationship and that is not what sabina is declaring so i am already not in the same situation as her and she's it's just all looking so heavy for elena so she also points out here like that she misses tracy and all of this is this in this terrible soup that's happening in her life right now yeah so i guess that's what she was thinking about because she says throughout the entire thing all i could think about is how much i miss tracy yeah i suppose so um maybe because tracy's a person well maybe tracy's a person she would talk to about other stuff that was going wrong in her life and so it feels weird not to be able to bring this to him but there's baggage with that too on this particular topic so i don't know i think she just misses tracy as we all do she needs her rock solid support system right now if she ever did mm-hmm. and she doesn't have it yeah so we're gonna head to epstein bar we are and you remember all those episodes ago when felicity was called out as a budinsky mm-hmm. yeah i think ben is being a budinsky okay. i feel like he has not learned from all of felicity's failures like mm-hmm. he, he is now, like he tried stalking her. He's now being a Badinsky. Like he's just having to relearn all of the lessons that we thought we'd learned in the first season. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, Ben's jumping in. Um, he's this is a Molly. weird scene, actually. There's <laughs> They're all weird. There's so, some really weird scenes here. Specifically because for me, because of one thing that Ben says, but um, Ben immediately comes in hot. He's like, you need to break this off with James, obviously. Like, everybody thinks so, including me. Um, 
Molly's set. Molly is immediately, what's the word? I don't know if defensive affronted. is the word. Affronted? Susp- <laughs> no, suspicious, isn't it? Maybe it is just affronted. Um, She's just like, what the fuck? Like, you don't like, know me, actually. Yeah. No. So here's here's where it gets weird for me. She says, have you ever had an addiction? Ben says no. What about gambling? Mm-hmm. I, I don't. Okay. So that particular line exchange uh, takes me completely out of the scene. Josh Rhymes has been, let me, let me look back. Well, here's my thing. The, the gambling thing was pretty short-lived. Yeah. And as far as I saw, he did not go to Gamblers Anonymous. Mm-hmm. He did not define it like as an addiction that needed to be treated in this way. And he really hasn't had a problem with it since, according to the show. So yeah. I guess it didn't take me out of it because it's it didn't feel like the same thing. I guess neither the now. director, the, neither the head director nor the head writer are credited for any episodes from season one. It just felt to me like this is a line that gets passed through when you haven't watched previous episodes of the show or at least didn't watch season one. Like, I think it's a problem that he just... So I, I, when I'm watching this, the reason it takes me out is that I'm sitting there thinking, okay, multiple choice. Is this line here because A, Ben forgot that he deal, dealt with gambling. B, yeah. Ben didn't classify it as an addiction, even though he knew it was yes. a problem, got beat up for it, uh, asked for help from his mom. Yes. Um, C, these writers have never seen season one. And if I'm you're running those that. options through your head, it, you're not watching the scene anymore. I mean, I'm not, I guess I I just sort of immediately went with B in my head. You just didn't classify it. Yeah, because it just, I don't think the gambling thing, it's never come up again. I know. Like, I don't. <laughs> so when she says, have you ever had an addiction? I mean, I almost feel like it, she's saying like, have you had an addiction like this? Okay. And the answer to that is no. Mm-hmm. Um, because he is just getting in there. And again, it's this like, not, it's this hero complex plus thinking he knows what's best for her life Mm -hmm. and what she's capable of handling and not. And it's so invasive for me. Yeah. Like I just, I'm like, Ben, back the fuck off. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. That's a lot. Well, uh, Okay. I just wish they wouldn't have had that line in there because then Molly has the wrong impression. If she wanted information, if she wanted to know if he ever dealt with something like this, he did. But she didn't want to know. She wanted, she wanted to tell him to to back the fuck off, which I think is the correct reaction. And I, I mean, just maybe do it in those words instead of bringing up a a wrong past history of what's happened for this character on the show. 
I feel like there were other ways for her to communicate, not your business. That would have not been addiction. And the thing is, I think they're portraying addiction in a very different way than they did in season one. Mm -hmm. And this is not the same. Okay. I would, I would argue given that he never had another problem with it and never sought help that perhaps gambling was not really an addiction. It was a moment. It was a problem. Yeah. Okay. Well, all right. So they're going to, this conversation is going to get interrupted. James is going to arrive. It is Eddie Cahill. Yeah. Who, look, he's probably been in some stuff that I haven't watched on TV that ran for a long time, but he's also Jim Craig from the movie Miracle. I know. I was. I saw that and I was like, you just like him because he's from Miracle. I like him from because he's from Miracle. <laughs> he has these eyes. Like, I don't remember people's makeup. I don't remember people's eye color. I don't remember any of it. But he has these piercing eyes. You know, it's like, whoa, if I'm noticing it, they're noticeable. Okay. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Now, yeah. granted, you might be saying everybody has, has eyes. eyes. <laughs> <laughs> See? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I knew where you were going. And I'm just saying, I know, but I, I really noticed it. <laughs> um, Eddie Cahill. Look, we're not going to come to know and love James. <laughs> okay. Uh, but Eddie Cahill, you know, I, I don't think I ever would have seen him in anything up when I was first watching this show. Well, but since then, he he's had a wonderful um, TV series that you just said a couple hours ago you couldn't get through called Under the Dome. <laughs> but he came. So uh, film, Fish and I were just in a film club where I somebody mentioned Under the Dome and the the premise of the story had so much potential and I couldn't wait to watch it. And the acting was not up to par for me. It was bad enough that I just couldn't anymore. Eddie came in, I want to say, in season two or three. Um, But I never, I didn't get as far as to watch him in it. And in fact, when I saw that he was coming back for this, uh, I was just looking him up around when we were watching this episode and I saw that he was in it and I was like, Oh, should I try it again? And try to get to his episodes. <laughs> I was like, I can't though. I just can't. Oh man. That show. God. Well, uh, could have been go. You can, I mean, if you would just like to see more of him, he plays, um, he was in like Rachel's... CSI or something. Oh yeah. He was oh, in friends. Yeah. He was in friends and he plays Rachel's, um, assistant like she gets this young male assistant and i do kind of really cute was he in that for a long time or was it for Um, i don't know maybe like 10 episodes or something like that i feel like i've seen one or two episodes of him just watching reruns in hotel rooms and stuff so that does sound familiar and he was on i don't know he was on one of those um procedurals long running procedurals. i haven't seen any of those but you know i we don't see much of him in this mm-hmm. episode. So I'm I'm hoping that we get to see some more of him. What he, we do see, I think, makes an impression quickly. 
They were trying to, right? The thing is, they're trying to create a perfect storm sort of situation here. However they got there, they're trying to get to the drama as quickly as they possibly can. Yeah. Um, And so he is, they've really loaded up on him. And he just like walks right in, kisses her, like right in front of Ben. They're making absolutely no effort to make him, to, to, give him a backstory to make him a balanced character to show us an, another side to give us empathy they don't want us to have empathy no. they're just like well you don't like that how about this and then they like <laughs> pile something else on it and like he's tanking crack and he's got a gun and he's like being really controlling and he's cutting her hair like you know, it's like they just don't yeah. want you to ever have a moment of empathy for the guy so it's weird. I mean, at least not in this episode. I don't know what happens later, but I can't think of a time they try to make it better. Okay. Uh, All right. So, so I, you know, on a rewatch, <laughs> you come in with all that baggage. You come uh, in with where this thing is going. You come in with the fact that they never, for a second, they're like, well, "Let me tell you about how I got left at the altar." Like they, they don't just don't. <laughs> They don't Let me tell you how I got you. left at the altar and and then started doing crack on the bathroom floor and cut my girlfriend's hair. Yeah. I mean, you know, like like I, I had this girlfriend and and we had the car crash and I was behind the wheel and I'll never forgive myself. So I started using like we don't ever get anything but and it's not even mustache twirling there's not even agenda behind it it's not even strategic just personality it's just just like who he is evil and he will continue to be evil because he's evil. yeah and and part of it too is the um yes part of it are just the beats the bullet points of here are the things he's doing he's doing drugs got a gun he he's dealing i don't know how we know that but ben somehow knows that like we we get all i guess maybe molly might have said it in group i don't know but we didn't he i don't think we heard it so we're getting all these bullet points of what he's doing that's not good but also how he's talking to molly is a problem for me yeah and that is never named um he is really controlling yeah Yeah. menacing is a good word too um it's those eyes I'm yeah. telling you, sometimes they're looking into your soul and pulling out love, and sometimes they're menacing. They're just piercing like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but well, we're we're gonna leave this scene again with someone staring off into space, and it's Ben. And I just got this this intense feeling that he already wants to punch James in the face. He probably does. And and by the way. Ben's sitting there alone because basically James swoops in and is like, yeah. we got to go. Yep. And Molly just gets up and goes. Yep. Um, so that's our introduction to this character. And the thing is, like, we heard so much about him. Well, not so much. We heard stuff about him before we met him on screen. And so you've been waiting to meet him. Now you meet him. And he just rips Molly out of the scene. <laughs> like, bye. Gotta go. All right. Yep. Yeah. So that's our first introduction to James. So there'll be more. So in other awkward things, Elena's <laughs> walking yep. on the street and Sabina approaches her. Yeah. Yeah. This is not at all awkward. Mm-mm. You know, 
I guess if you're Sabina, this is how you would do it. Uh, this is yeah. Good, though. I mean, I feel like she should have done this maybe before bringing the complaint. Like, get your ducks in a row. But she's also young. So. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess that would have been a hard choice cinematically uh, to get us to sort of be there with Elena through it. But, I mean, I think the fact that we know that there are eight people who have been named and like Sabina did all this legwork with the assistant and this is no one else will come forward. Yeah. It's like seven people have turned her down. And I imagine that's exactly the result you would get if you were in Sabina's position, to be totally honest with you. Um, And so Elena is willing to sit down with her. They sit down at Dina DeLuca and Sabina is pretty much just asking her for help. Uh, And she's saying everything you just said. The others are afraid to talk. And she's she's really, I don't know, she's desperate, but she's trying not to sound desperate. Her her world is really on the line in this situation. Sabina's is by her own doing because she came forward. Um, but the fact that nobody's standing with her is, is probably a very lonely place to be. And so she's approaching Elena with this, like, can we be together in this? Yeah. And, you know, she's like other people's futures are on the line they're applying to med school and all this stuff and and elena's like look she starts calling him peter instead of mcgrath which i think is weird but fine peter didn't take advantage of me you know i pursued him and sabina's like yeah that's what he does like he he makes you think that you're the one pursuing him that's what he is and by the way even if that's true, it doesn't matter because the university has a no tolerance policy. So yeah. the fact that you're saying you had a relationship is already the strike against him. Which I think the the committee later will put a nice, like, bold underline to that. Um, the no and, tolerance policy? Yeah. Well, okay. and, and the age difference, mm. too. Mm-hmm. Um, and Elena's like, I, look, I don't want to get him fired. Um, and Sabina's like, look, I've, I've had more time to think about this, you know, and what he did was wrong and it was harassment and, you know, oh, by the way, um, you know, Elena's like, I, you know, I pursued him. I don't think it even would have happened if he hadn't been going through this rough time. And Sabina's like, oh, rough time, huh? Um, guess what? His ex-wife is not sick. Oh, and she was never an ex. He was married the whole time. Yeah, that that's the right interpretation of that, right? Because that's how I thought I that was so. meant, but I thought it was a weirdly it's a weird way to phrased say sentence. Um, okay, so we had the same understanding of that. I think I don't think that. I think this is a thing that Elena dropped that Sabine is like, ooh, grabbing that because I don't know that she, I think for the first time, that's like a new layer of his methodology that she's now understanding. Well, yeah, she's like, I heard the same story. 
Yeah. But I think it's part of the. I think now that she's heard somebody else say it to her, she's like, oh, that was never real for me. Like, I Um, I don't know that she knew until Elena repeated the same story that that's a line that he uses. I mean, she says he makes you think you're pursuing him. Yeah. And I don't know whether this particular line is part of that, but she's on to his game. Yeah. She gets he was doing something similar between all the women. Yeah. So, And yet again, we end the scene (laughs) with Elena staring off into space and the wheels turning in her head. Yeah. So that, so that scene has ended. And now we're going to head back to another Felicity and Null scene. I actually like this. Okay. Walk, walk us through it, Fish. Um, so Felicity, Felicity is, uh, she's giving feedback to Noel. And her feedback is basically, this sucks. And he she says okay don't get mad but is this an elephant Hmm. and she's pointing at something that clearly was not meant to be an elephant in his new version of this animated short that he he is still attempting to do she's like i don't even like the concept and noel kind of starts getting mad and he's like yelling and he's frustrated and Felicity's just like, okay, like I get it, but I have an idea. It's called the Loser Pet Store. Mm -hmm. And she brings out these sketches of all of these loser pets that nobody wants. And what I actually really liked about this is while Noel, yes, did yell and was mad and frustrated, he actually takes a step back and admits it is a good idea. He's like, yeah. It is a this- fun idea. And it's yeah. the first that we will see of Loser Pet Store. This is an idea that we'll see play out over uh, oh, not a yeah. lot, but there'll be a little bit more about that this makes project. Me very happy because I thought it was hilarious. It's a She's really like, good idea. Right? I just wanted to add in, and the sketches were good, and the character ideas were good. And I wanted to emphasize one that I think was a name check for somebody on the show. So it also plays as not being a name check, but the last one she names, she says there's an alcoholic fish who always wants his water changed to Smirnoff. Yeah. And there's a production manager named Nick Smirnoff. (laughs) That is funny. I don't don't know know if they were trying to do that, but it could have been any alcohol. Yeah. And well, well, any like clear alcohol (laughs) and, and it could have been any brand of vodka and they specifically got the licensing for, to name a product (laughs) that had the same as, you know, their production manager's last name. So I want to think that that was a nod. I agree. I think that's, yes. Um, So no one's going to run with it. I liked the snake who was convinced that he or she, I can't remember, is in like this really great relationship, but it's like with his tail. That he thinks is another snake. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really good idea. They came up with they came up with a whole concept. Yeah. That really works. Yeah. 
I can I would, totally I would imagine this. that being a comic strip at the very yeah. least. Um, Absolutely. That'd be fun. But <laughs> so, okay. So that's going to be something that possibly has a future. Now, yeah. we're going to get some more Molly and Ben. We are going to get some more Molly and Ben. And I'm trying to decide when to do this because I feel like... I feel like this is probably when it starts. Molly is just going to go on what I see as like a huge manipulation tour. Um, oh. Like lots of denying, lots of like um, lots of denial, lots of lying, lots of manipulation. Mm-hmm. And I, I had been reading a while ago this book um, called Tales from the Couch, A Clinical Psychologist's True Stories of Psychopathology by Dr. Uh, Bob Wendorf. Now it was published in 2016. So it was definitely published after this aired. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is it is a bit out of date, I would say, in some of the, the things that it talks about. But he's got this whole book that's about psychopaths. And you get to like chapter 14 of this book. And there's this tiny little chapter called Junkies and Juicers. Mm. And so he's gone through this whole book, again, about psychopaths. And then what he turns around and says is, I'm really not fond of working with addicts. Addicts tend to be self-absorbed, self-destructive, and self-defeating. They are typically manipulative, dependent, and deceitful. They even lie to themselves. It's called denial. Honesty is the most fundamental requirement for psychotherapy and is often lacking in substance abusers. That's one reason I routinely refer my patients to AA and NA. Other recovering addicts know the score firsthand and see through denial and flat out deceit a lot better than I can. And I feel like that is exactly what is going on with Molly starting here. Ben and Felicity don't really get it. Ben gets it better than Felicity does. But she she is playing off of his hero complex and and she's just using every trick in the book. You think she's doing it knowingly or is she absolutely. doing it? Absolutely. Okay. 100%. So we are going to get some exposition that I needed um, in this scene, and we may or may not find problems with it as we go through. So let's unpack it. Um, Molly, so com- Molly comes to the loft. The loft. So I thought this. she was. Yeah, she, I mean, she comes to the door and Ben opens it, so it must be the loft. the loft. She comes specifically to see Ben, and she's going to basically appeal to the side of him that want want to help her she says james is a problem i need help um we're gonna then see them they're gonna change location they're going to i'm guessing this is a clinic well so i'm assuming this is and they call it the clinic um i'm assuming assuming it's some sort of either narconic narcotics anonymous meeting at um like a, a drug clinic, like a, um, what's what I'm looking for? Like an outpatient clinic where they do 
um, like therapy, not therapy, I guess it's therapy. I don't know what to call it exactly. They do talk therapy slash treatment for a certain number of hours a day. And they also test um, your blood or urine for whatever the substance is. Um, and, and if so, anybody's listening to this, wondering why we're not sure what they give it, it's the magic of TV. They're just giving us yeah, a generic they waiting room. The, <laughs> it's, it's they, just they a just call room. it the clinic. Yeah. But like this, the reason I think that they call it the clinic, they make it so medical is so that later Molly can have a reaction to basically Ben calling her out and saying, you have to go because I think what they're trying to say is like, she's getting tested to make sure she's not doing drugs. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Which I think would be a fair thing to ask of a roommate. Yeah. Who, you know, you don't want to. Well, I don't know what she's getting skittish at. I think the whole thing could be making her skittish to be honest. Um, so, so we're getting, so we've switched to this waiting room location it's still Ben and Molly having a conversation and she's going to give us a little bit of backstory that I completely forgot about. So she says she met James last year in London when he was with, when he was with his brother on a trip. Mm -hmm. Which explains the no accent. They made, so they make some sort of connection. She came to New York for him for this study abroad experience getting some callbacks you're getting some callbacks that probably fish given the fact that you're questioning her here are you is there any part of you that thinks that this isn't a true story and that she's saying this because she knows felicity followed ben to new york or did that not is that not a thing that you went there with i mean i wouldn't put it past her but i also think that this sounds about right. I mean, because if Felicity we, we had ever know. told her her story yeah. about why she came to New York, then that would be resonant for Ben. But I only said that because I never, I've never thought of that until this moment. And I'm only thinking it because you're, you're questioning if she's lying already. Yeah. Um, I mean, as I said, I wouldn't put it past her, but it's also not something that we, that we know, like, we just don't know it's possible now there's a whole so she says you know he's really charming my mom loves him so one line from an earlier episode that really doesn't check out when you know this is that i think the first time we met molly and we learned that her mom's clairvoyant and she had predicted that molly would meet her love or find her love in new york and the way that came out it sounded as if she didn't think molly already had a love yeah i mean i saw it more as her mom knows that she's going there for this guy who she's into and her mom likes and she's like you know go follow your love you know? okay so that doesn't that doesn't uh that did create a conflict for, me. for you okay but what did create a conflict for me was where she says to Ben, you're the first person who cared enough to say anything. Not true. All the, the entire group. <laughs> group had been saying it for how many weeks? 
Um, she's just using him. She's just well, and also they're him. the only people who knew. I mean, she hasn't told any of her roommates, so nobody can tell. Nobody can ask you about it if you're choosing to withhold every piece of information about your life. Correct. So and, I and don't she know. again doubles down on the like. Oh, you know, I appreciate you keeping the secret so much. Um, and you know, she she she's laying it on really thick, as she will continue to do. Interesting. Um, so, and she's gonna she's gonna sort of close out with Ben here by pointing out that, yeah, she's doing drugs, but. She actually thinks that giving up James will be much harder than giving up drugs. Like it seems to her that if she ranks the level of difficulty of her addictions in terms of getting to a healthier place with them, she doesn't see a path with James. Yeah. And another thing this, this book that I was reading talks about um, this, this doctor does family counseling. And one thing he says is when you bring two people or a family in um, for counseling, it is so hard to distinguish like what is an issue between the people and what is an issue of addiction. And so you have to deal with the addiction first, or you can't get to the underlying issues between a couple or a family. So mm-hmm. um, she may be saying she's really addicted to James, but guess who has the cocaine? Guess who she feel like she can feel she has an excuse to do it because she's, oh, addicted to him, not really the drugs. Okay. So I would say that that's a possibility. Is it possible she's also addicted to him? Maybe. I don't know. But to me, this reads as more of an excuse for her to to do what she what she really wants to, which is cocaine. Okay. Really interesting interpretations here. So we'll we'll bring this with us into the next scene we see them in. But for a moment, we're going to go back to some Elena stuff. Um, Elena, man, man, this is brutal. So Elena and Tracy have just this brief run-in after a class. They got test scores back. He's like, what'd you get? She says, 78. He says, 95. And he basically just leaves. Yeah. And it's just something, you know. Oof. I know. We're, you know, first of all, a couple things about that. Seems like her grades are slipping. She's yep. got a lot on her mind. And the only thing she's good for right now for Tracy is to validate himself. Like, he doesn't need this. He's I don't just know that that's what he was trying to do. I, I just feel like that was their dynamic before. And as he said, like, he's trying to be like a good Christian and forgive her and stuff. And like, he makes these little steps forward. And then he's like, I can't any more than this. I it's didn't like, I see it in that scene, you, though. I, and like, that's all I can do. Yeah. I think the I didn't... fact he even talked to her yeah. was a step forward. Okay. Yeah, I maybe I because he didn't need any validation. He got a ninety-five. Like he was so cold, though that I don't know how that could be a step forward. You know, like it. 
I, I don't think Elena comes away from that conversation feeling like that was a step forward. I think she comes away from that conversation feeling like she got run over by a truck. I mean, she absolutely might feel like that, but I think it's a necessary step forward that he talked to her as okay. opposed to her being dead to him. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's optimistic. That's well done, Fish. Nicely done. <laughs> uh, okay. So this is getting Elena's wheels spinning here even more. And she says to Felicity, I just, any of the good things that I've gotten since I got that one changed grade, I don't deserve it. You know, on the back of that grade, on the back of the grade I got in that class, I got all the following things. Here's a list. And she goes, she's obviously been constructing this list, thinking about this list. On it includes being on the dean's list. There was another class she got because of the grade she got. She met, uh, which I guess was OCHEM. She met Tracy because she got into OCHEM. Then they had this competition. And so her grades shot up. And so her conclusion with all of this is that taking that grade and fueling all this other stuff makes me a fraud. Yep. Um, I think there are a lot of holes with that logic in terms of like, (laughs) there was a, she earned, she earned a lot of that stuff. She continued to maintain it and earn it. She worked hard to keep it. She, she worked on her relationship with Tracy. I don't necessarily know that the butterfly effect extends that far. Uh, but her, in her brain. Yeah. She's spiraling and, you know, Felicity is trying to be the voice of reason here and saying, look, you didn't get all of that because of one grade. And I think it's a nice um, sort of callback to that and reinforcement of that idea that Tracy, you know, later mm-hmm. um, says he didn't get into McGrath's seminar. And it might have been the most stuff. important thing he said. Like, I think that there's a certain validation for, like, he, it can't be that much of a butterfly effect because he didn't even take that class and he still ends up, their paths united. So there was more than one way to get Mm. to the place they got. Um, I think that, I think that was a very positively disruptive thing for him to say to her. Absolutely. Uh, Which was desperately needed. Yeah. And she is, she is spiraling and she is losing her self-esteem. She is losing a lot of her confidence and her grades are going down. And then she's. I think even added to that is this feeling of she's almost living in fear because what if the changed grade comes out? Yeah. I mean, I do think she, she begins to take on like a victim mentality. That's not Mm -hmm. to say that she wasn't actually abused because she was, Um, but she's internalizing it now. Mm -hmm. And she's saying what happened to Sabine did happen to me, but now she has these fears, you know, the consequences of coming forward are really high for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As, as they are for anyone who would have come forward. Yeah. Well, Fish, if it's all gotten too heavy here, we need a moment. We need <laughs> we a moment do. to breathe. And that moment is going to happen at the loft when Sean meets Earl. 
Oh, who oh. comes back with Megan after a night of I don't know, I don't know what clubbing a whole a whole night and day. I mean, they she left and then it was all day and all night. And Sean would like to know where she's been. Yeah, sure does. And Earl is not helping matters. Earl does not know that he should not be at this loft. Nope. <laughs> he's he's just sort of like, first of all, Earl. of all Earl, the things, yeah. he thinks he's having a moment of bonding with Sean. He's like, heard about the nut. And Sean yep. is just like, get out, get out, get out. Get out of my, get out of my apartment. Leave. Leave Earl. <laughs> Leave Earl. Who are you? Um, Sean's like, I thought we were a couple. No, not you, Earl. Leave. (laughs) Megan. Get out of my apartment. (laughs) (laughs) Earl leaves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Megan stays behind to have this conversation where he's like, you've changed. Like, well, I did to be with you. (laughs) (laughs) I think you haven't given enough recognition. For the amount of changing I've done to be in this relationship, sir. But I think she makes a good point. She's like, I've changed for you, but you haven't done the same thing for me. I lost a nut. <laughs> you can only use that excuse so many times. And P.S. You didn't lose the nut for me. So it does not right. count. <laughs> right. That, that line read for me and this is something that he he's done before in this show or he will do and it's something that i've had done to me and i hate it when somebody's like i got a surprise for you and then it's actually just something they want <laughs> and you're like what's happening in this relationship right now do you not understand that i am a different person <laughs> I I felt the same way, and he's he does that with her at some point, whether he's done it before already or later, I don't remember. But he'll do that kind of thing with her, and I think it comes from the same place as this, where it's like I lost a testicle, but not for me. You didn't, right? Yeah, that oh was gosh. about you. That that, that was uh, your nut to lose. That was your nut, and to I lose. helped you through that. Yeah, but in the process, I had to change. Maybe yeah. where it all got tripped up in his brain when she's like will you do it for me Uh, maybe in his brain he just thinks he did her a favor by not dying of testicular cancer listeners discuss i mean (laughs) i don't know i mean he he could bring that up i i wouldn't if i were him but he would do something (laughs) like that though wouldn't he Like, I did it for you, but you didn't die for her. Yeah, okay. Uh All right. I mean, that's a good point. I had not thought of that. And um... Unfortunate language choice there as she tried to convince him. (laughs) Oh, well, she set herself up for this, I guess. Oops. Um, (laughs) Let's let's immediately make our mood worse, Fish. Uh, Girls' apartment. Felicity Mm -hmm. and Molly chatting. Ben comes in. Felicity's like, and Molly are just bonding away. I mm -hmm. mean, they're just like laughing and everything. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Ben's got to come in and make it all dark. Felicity, and note Felicity, Molly's making darn sure it's Felicity that drops this news to Ben. Yeah. So, manipulation. 
And that definitely reads that way. So Felicity's like, hey, guess what? Uh, Molly has a boyfriend, James, and he's moving in. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yeah. And yeah. then we're going to see James. Not, Ben's not so happy about this. Ben's not so happy about this. Ben has a whole lot of contacts that Felicity yeah. doesn't have that Molly chose not to share when bringing somebody new to live in the apartment. Um, now, in all fairness, it is not Ben's apartment. Yeah. It gets so sticky for me as we keep ramping up. Um, yeah. It gets really sticky for me by the end of this episode. And I just don't know at what point. I don't know where the... Again, if I think about moral lines, because I've really been thinking about this episode because I knew this episode was coming and I know, I know some of the stances that you might have on like some, some of the things. Um, and I was, I was really trying to be thoughtful about like, where's my morality in this? What would I need to do if I were in this situation? And the problem is they just constructed such a perfect storm of crud. Um, (laughs) like, I don't know how unrealistic it is. I don't know, but it's just everything is exactly stacked up in the worst way. So it we'll need just, to parse this out a little bit. I think it, a bit it later. It could be worse. It it could be worse. I mean, just things in terms of like it's Molly isn't his roommate. She's Felicity's roommate. You know, just just all the little details. Complex. You know, and it's yep. it's like Molly herself takes advantage of this is, well yeah and i think like molly herself you know like is molly is it impossible for molly to be a bad roommate i don't think so she's been fine to this point you know like uh, could, could things evolve in the way they're going to evolve but then you add james and you specifically make him a dangerous threatening menacing element and that's weird and like i don't know it just really converges and i'm just trying to figure out but molly's also brought drugs into the apartment do you think that's a deal breaker? Because I've been I trying mean, to think about that and I don't know if it would be for me. When you say deal breaker, do you mean if Felicity knew? I guess I don't know what my own stance on that would be. I mean, yes, it would, uh, be, it would absolutely be a deal breaker if, if I was roommates with someone and they were bringing like meth or cocaine into the apartment. Okay. Yes, 100% um, deal breaker. Okay, so if that's if that's already a deal breaker, then I, I yeah I've been going back and forth on that. Um, because like even if you were to go to, um, like let's say you you were trying to get treatment, and so then you were like living in um there are these places called like sober houses or you know places that you can go to kind of you know make sure that you don't relapse and mm-hmm. were you to bring drugs or alcohol or whatever it is into those places you would be kicked out yeah of sentence. i know i i guess for me i don't know enough about this stuff to know how slippery a slope it would be to have a like i but that's so, my point with it. like that's my problem with it it's like i'm not in like an addiction counselor yeah so I can't help you. 
Well, and, and the also the so you're not getting I've help. Lived alone for most of my life to avoid all of these kinds of situations, I guess. But I, I also feel like you know, at times when I was living with people, like if I think about living with people in college, I'm sure people had all kinds of substances in their rooms. I don't know enough about them to know what the hierarchy is. And, you know, I knew when people had problems with certain things, but there was a lot of casual recreational use of things that like, I I think I, I just, I don't know enough to know when you see it on this scale, you know, like they're showing us a very specific depiction that obviously looks like addiction. Um, but I think there was, I've been privy to recreational use of stuff that confuses me. Like, I don't know what, what those gray areas are and I don't know how typical it is. And yeah. I don't know what the really bad stuff is. And I don't know if Felicity would either. Um, so I mean, I'm I kinda... feel like if you say the words meth and cocaine. It's bad. Yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. But like, yeah. if it was weed, I think that's a little different. It kind of depends on your state. It depends on what, you know, whether you own the place, because if, if you own the place, then you're liable. Um, and it can be confiscated, and, uh, especially if you live in California. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it it is a bit of an issue, a huge issue with our, you know, uh our criminal justice system where you know nicotine kills like the most number of people of any drug with Mm -hmm. alcohol coming in like a far second right and yet it's completely legal Mm -hmm. and and pot isn't this is the stuff that um that mixes me up a little bit yeah like if you were to tell me would you want to live with a smoker and if I were smelling their smoke all the time, that would be a problem for me. Yeah, um, so that would be like a no. Yeah. Um, so then, but it's like, so you don't want to smell the smoke, but, you know. I don't know. I mean, I I think I what we're uncovering here is my total lack of depth of knowledge of like the particulars here, which I think would make me a really bad roommate for somebody who's struggling with stuff like this. Cause I'd end up just being like a, probably an enabler, like not even trying to be like, I just don't want to know. Like, yeah, um, just don't tell me. Now, if I saw them going to some of the levels that we're starting to see, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I don't want an unreliable roommate. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want somebody who's going to trash the place or, you know, like there, there's hair all over the bathroom. Yeah. So I think, you know, there are certain things that I'd be like, okay, this is obviously problematic behavior that I'm not interested to live with. But I also, I don't know. I don't know where my line is. I don't know that Felicity knows where her line would be um, until we start crossing it. Yeah. So it's just so. That's just something you have to figure out if you're ever faced with a situation like which this. is unlikely to happen if I continue to live alone. And fa- yeah. let's let's face it. I think my, my very living alone tells you where I stand with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I have mostly lived with roommates or boyfriends. Um, but I have started living on my own. Uh, so it's different. Um, but I also don't have to deal with a lot of the stuff that I had to deal with before. 
I also will say like as somebody with the phobia that I have of people getting sick, I avoid major party situations to avoid being around to, to try to minimize the amount of exposure I have to people vomiting. So if I were living with somebody who was a big part, well, I wouldn't live with somebody who's a big party, like, and who couldn't control it, who couldn't handle it, who would get to a point where they got sick because that would actually make me feel the most threatened. But again, I'm not sure that's where the line should be. You know, like it's just, um, it's your line. It, it's it's just a very particular set of of uh, what I do and don't know, and um, it's interesting to hear like where where your where your reactions are falling on this. Yeah, I mean I, this this would be an, an absolute no for me. Um, James moving in. Yeah. yeah, and even Molly bringing drugs into the place, okay. especially those drugs. Um, mm-hmm. And I think at this point in my life, yeah, I probably just wouldn't want anyone bringing drugs into a place that I own, period. Yeah. Like it, I just, yeah, that's, well, that's my line and it's my home. That makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> so. Well, we're going to, they're just going to keep piling all this up, right? As much as they possibly can to the point where we can, no, no, no person almost, you know, probably very few people watching this could be still looking at this situation thinking a line hasn't been crossed. Like, it's like where that is, I don't know for you, but for each of us, but they're trying to depict such a terrible, toxic situation here that, um, that it, yeah, it gives you pause. Um, but we're also going to see James, like, so we're also going to see James turn on the charm and mm. we're going to see him be his smiling self. And we're going to see that little thing that Molly was trying to convey to Ben, Ben about, you know, he just, he's got that charm. He's, he's got, yeah. which is probably another red flag for Ben because that's how he describes his dad. His dad. I was thinking the same thing. Um, and then Ben's going to pull Molly aside because it's, uh, a you know red a red flag for him that James is now moving into this apartment. Um, and so Molly says, "I talked to James, and he's like, you said you were going to break up there.' She's like, "No, no, I didn't. I said I was going to talk to him, and we talked. Ta-da! Yeah. <laughs> he and said he's going to. Yeah, he said he was even going to come to the clinic with me. Yeah, um, this is." this is denial. She's like happy about it. She's, you know, I think completely convinced it's going to be fine. We talked, we made a plan. He's coming to the meetings with me at the clinic. Note that, you know, well, I assume if he's going to the meetings at a clinic, he also would have to be tested. Um, Do you think she even had that conversation with him? I think so. Given the way, given how happy she is, um you think that he gave her i think yeah yeah i think that's exactly like that's exactly what he did he gave her hope and completely assured her and now she's happy slash also in complete denial because she's Mm. been dating this guy for a while and i think he's probably had this conversation with her many times Mm -hmm. so that's what ben says Ben's like, yeah, my dad did the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it didn't work out. And Molly's denial is reading as Molly's denial to Ben. Yeah. Um, he's not believing it for a moment. But then Felicity jumps in 
to the conversation and they're like, <laughs> talk about something else. Uh, yeah, line and, number two. Yeah. Ben, ben is like, yeah, we're just talking about the four of us going out. Totally unnecessary lie. Which is a really unfortunate, unnecessary lie because <laughs> why would he want Felicity to be around James Moore? Mm. Why? Uh, that would be the outcome of that lie. <laughs> yeah. So, oops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Felicity says, asks if she can sleep at Ben's place because he's James like, and Molly oh, yeah. want to use the room tonight. Yeah. yeah. Which okay. makes me think, is she. Is she where is she staying? <laughs> like, where is Molly's room? Um, is there any chance Molly's in the other bed that Elaine in Elena's room? That's what I was thinking. Because there's only like, the one bed in in Felicity's room. I don't, I don't know. But also, ew. I know. I know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there's just so many things that are so disturbing about this whole scenario happening here. Um, like, I mean, I'm I'm friends with people, but I'm not that good friends with people. Seriously. Um. Okay. Well, we'll get more of this. Uh. In the meantime, let's go over to to see Sean well, and Megan. Um. Felicity here tells Ben that she's going to tell Tracy about Elena. Oh yeah, yeah. So she is she's going to do her own sort of button in, but maybe this isn't the worst. But it is so messy. I mean, it's just I kind of like this episode because it's just a complete dumpster fire. Like <laughs> everybody's life in this is just yeah. in a dumpster on fire. And I think I kind of like, like it. Yet. I kind of, and I think I kind of like that Felicity talks to Tracy. Yeah, I think it was very effective. I think it's exactly what Elena needed. Um, Which is so weird because normally I'm yelling at her about keeping out of things, and and it's like in this case, I actually think this was the right thing to do. I agree. We'll see in it. We'll see it soon. Um, but at first, we're gonna see a Sean and Megan scene where Sean does his surprise. Uh, I want to, I want to do yours. I want to go out with you. I got his tickets. We're going to see catch a rising star tomorrow. <laughs> I can't even like, with that title. I mean, it's like everything about that screams, not Megan. It's definitely not Megan. It's, it's a comedy club. And I mean, Sean's going to start out being very self-deprecating he's like you're right i'm the selfish pig but i i got tickets and megan ignores the first part good on her mm-hmm. and appropriately replies to the second part which is that's not for me do you know me yeah hello like, what i want to do is go to a fetish ball as a pregnant woman <laughs> yeah this thing that you're telling me about nobody wants to see that nobody including yeah. me yeah um and sean's response is but it's the sabbath well so she wants to go to the fetish ball on a friday it's it's tonight yeah tonight the night that i guess was not actually oatmeal night i guess it's the next night Mm -hmm. so oatmeal night must have been the thursday so he would have been fine with the movie i apologize i retract that statement Mm -hmm. um tonight is the fetish ball it is friday 
it's the Sabbath. And um, this day is about God, Megan. This isn't about you. Yeah, it's it's not about Megan, but um, uh, Megan, Megan is like you know. It's it's like you just you'll do things for me if it's convenient, and that's not what I need. So we're over. Yeah. The end. Um, is it really the end? No, but you know they break up sometimes, and then they get back together sometimes. Happens. That's fine. You know. And so Felicity is actually going to go to see Tracy and <laughs> at, at his um, apartment. Yeah, and I love his face. She knocks on the door and his face just says like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. What is about to happen here? And um, she she kind of gets right into it. She says, you know, Elena's really spiraling about this McGrath thing. I think it... If, if Felicity had come to him and be, been like, she misses you, that wouldn't have landed. But I think the fact that she takes this direction, which is really the thing that she's worried about right now with Elena, is going to be an easier route to get through to Tracy with. Where she says, yeah, Elena's spiraling about this whole McGrath thing. He gave her, yeah. Tracy's like, I heard she took grades. Felicity says, he gave her one grade and she didn't ask for it and she's suffering because of it she feels like a phony she would never even have gotten into the into ochem the class that he took with her if it hadn't been for this grade which i think is a big leap yeah. to say that well but that's what elena oh, said yeah that's what elena so, thinks and tracy's just like why why are you telling me this like he, like he clearly feels bad but like she's like why are you here mm -hmm. and yeah felicity's like i i think you know, i've tried to talk to her but i think it would really help if you did and he's just like no can't, you can't do, do it. it she says she needs you and we end yeah and I see Felicity's point here because I think in all the ways that Elena feels, look, Felicity dropped pre-med. She became an art major. She stopped taking classes with Elena. She hasn't been there since that class with McGrath to see Elena in action. Tracy has. So if there's anybody well positioned to disrupt the spiral and be like, well, no, I watched you. You did earn it. You he's know. the one who's been studying with her. He's the right? only one who can really cut this, uh, these negative thoughts through, you know, like it, it, it's just, it's, I don't even know how I want to say it. Yeah. He just, he's the only one who can disrupt this mm -hmm. because he's the only it's one who knows. And I think Felicity is right. Yeah. <laughs> If she's concerned about her friend, this is the person who can help. And I think the way that she went to him is what makes it okay. Because <laughs> had Elena been like in bed and just like depressed about Tracy not being around, mm -hmm. it would have been really invasive yeah. for her to go to Tracy and say, like, let me tell you about your relationship. Right. Mm -hmm. But that's not what's happening here so yeah i think it's landing the same way for me as it is for you yeah the ask is not get back together with her 
mm-hmm. the ask is like have a conversation yeah to like yes exactly so we're gonna head to dean and deluca Felicity and Ben are having a conversation and Felicity is getting really suspicious about the Molly and James stuff. Yeah. Not even really knowing why. Yeah. They're finally working again together. There's Mm -hmm. no Sean. There's no Noel. They have finally gotten back Mm -hmm. to Felicity and Ben working at Dina DeLuca. Yeah. And she's confiding in him that this Molly and James thing is strange. How did we not know? That Molly had a boyfriend you know why didn't we meet him in any context um yeah she, you and know just like what did Molly say about it mm-hmm. and Felicity's yes. just like yeah not and much. Felicity and- doesn't even know to ask questions beyond that the very existence of James is already <laughs> raising her suspicion and she doesn't know a single thing about all this other stuff Yep. And just, just like, oh, that's weird. He's here. Yeah. <laughs> and Ben, like, oh, Ben Felicity. is just like, yeah, it's oh. weird. Lie number three. Uh, I gotta hmm. go to a makeup lecture. Yeah. See ya at He's the re- loft later. He's really leaving to meet Molly. Yeah. Or he's Felicity's, supposed to anyway. Yeah, Felicity's like a makeup lecture. What? What is that? What? Bye. Yeah. Okay. What? Yeah. <laughs> so he heads out of work. And now we're going to catch up with Tracy and Elena after class. Yeah. And Tracy approaches Elena. I love Tracy so much. This was this is where my note from an optimist is going to come in. Yeah. Um Tracy just uh, he, he heard what Felicity said. He is going to address what Felicity said with Elena. And he says, you know, he mentions that he didn't get into McGrath's seminar at all. Let alone what grade he got. He didn't even get in. And, and he doesn't sell Felicity out. No, he doesn't. Because Elena's like, who told you that? And he's like, I just know stuff. I mean, he'll eventually kind of get a sense of who might have passed the information along, but <laughs> she never, he, he never says. Doesn't sell her out. Um, and Tracy's, I think the fact that he started with the whole, like, I didn't even get into McGrath's seminar helps to poke a hole in this balloon of self-doubt she's created. And Tracy then goes on and says, look, you're like the smartest person I know. All right. You deserve the good things that you've gotten not well beyond whatever happened with that grade. Um, He then takes it a step further and he's like, you know what? Don't not testify out of fear. Yeah. Yeah. And she's showing doubts, you know, he says, you're the smartest person I, I know. And she goes, no, like there's, there's no way. And he's like, look, I'm pissed as hell at you. And I'm still saying it. So you know it's true. It's empirically correct. Yes. <laughs> like, not so, gonna sit here and lie. I don't have the energy. Yeah. Yeah. He's it's um like, this is <laughs> yeah, it's just true. And it's like, you know, if testifying is the right thing to do, if it's the right thing to do, then you have to do it. Mm-hmm. And don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. And of course, 
Elena at that point is like, Felicity talked to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Which she doesn't. Confirm yeah, or doesn't, deny. Does not. Um, um, but she knows. She's and... going to try to see if she can just get a little more out of this. And she's just going to be like, any chance that we can? He's like, no, I'm not forgiving you right now. I can't. I'm trying. I'm working on it. But no. Okay. No. <laughs> this, this was just about my graph. Um, well, he, I love, I love this part of, and he, he basically says, look, it is not water under the bridge. In fact, there is no bridge, no bridge, but I am a man of God and God is all about forgiveness. So I'm working on it. Mm -hmm. He says, he says, there's no bridge yet. He keeps using yeah. the word yet. Yeah. So it gives me like a little bit of hope that like maybe they will get back together. I don't know how this could possibly work. I mean, he would really, really have to forgive her. And that would take a very strong man. I mean, sex, I mean, I was about to call him sexy, um, which he is. Tracy mm-hmm. <laughs> is a very, you know, strong man. But this is asking a lot of his yeah. character. Yeah. Well, you know, this is not, uh, you're, you're, there, there's more road in front of us here with this plot. Um, yeah. I, I will say, you know, I'd like to insert my note from an optimist in here. If you couldn't already tell from how I was talking about it. I just, I, I've mentioned this in a previous episode as well, but this, this idea of being able to put the tough stuff on a shelf to be there in a moment of need, I think is an incredibly mature thing to be able to do. I believe that Tracy would find a way to do it. So I believe the scene and I think it's, I think it means a lot. And I think it's incredible when somebody can do this, you know, when despite all the things that are keeping you up at night, despite all the problems that are going on, when you're actually needed and you could just say, we'll, we'll just put that on a shelf for a minute, put it on the back burner, whatever you want to call it, do this thing that you need the help with. Like, I don't know, just something about being capable of doing that is um, something that I want to remember to aspire to in the moments where I forget. So Well done on Tracy. I mean, I think this is what love looks like. Because if you have a foundation built on love, Mm -hmm. then you, you can put stuff on a shelf and work on something else. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be romantic love. It's, you know, with whatever, you know, people you're with like friends family whoever like if you have that foundation built where it's like you dig down to the bottom of your relationship and you hit love then then everything else can go on the shelf mm-hmm. now if you dig down to the bottom of that relationship and you don't hit love then I think maybe out of charity, some people can still do this, but, you know, I don't see that as the, 
the surviving relationship. Yeah. Whether Mm. friends or not. Yeah. And and it might be a symbol of something a little bit more toxic in the relationship if that's when you're activated. But uh, to me, this looks like a healthy choice from Tracy. Mm -hmm. And he also set the boundary where the boundary needed to be. This is what the conversation was about. And this is not what the conversation is about. And she was able to separate those things for her. Well, you know what doesn't come apart? What? Crack pipes. Ah. (laughs) I mean, honestly, like I know so little about drugs that I can't even... When I see movies and TV that have scenes like this, I'm like, I don't know what you're showing me here. I don't know what this is. I couldn't name any of the paraphernalia involved here. It's probably not good. But could I have said that that was a crack pipe? No, I could not. So thank you for giving me language uh, to work with here in this scene. I'm glad uh, glad I could help. We are going to alternate here between little moments of Ben sitting at the clinic waiting for Molly, Mm -hmm. getting stood up, and sitting in a chair, by the way, how many times does he have to be stood up sitting in a chair waiting for somebody? Well, I don't okay, know. But here's the thing. She didn't know he was coming. Mm. Okay. I mean, he Fair left enough. work early to just make sure that she and her ah. boyfriend showed up. Oh, good to know. Okay. Yeah, I missed that. So we're going to alternate between scenes of Ben waiting to see these people show up at the clinic and what they're actually doing instead, which is, I guess they have a crack pipe. (laughs) Smoking or whatever. I don't know what you do with it. Fine. Uh, Guys, I don't know. Smoke crack. Sorry. Okay. Thank you. I'm just at such a loss. I I think we're seeing exactly how straight my edge is here. Okay. And that's fine. I'm all right. Um, so, so many wonderful things about you, including the fact that you don't know what a crack pipe looks like or how to consume crack. I love that about you. One of the worst possible Jeopardy categories for me would be (laughs) name, name these drug paraphernalia items, like just pictures. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, what is a hookah? I don't know. Everything would be a hookah. And I still do don't know not, what that looks like. You it's don't fine. know what a hookah is. Oh. I struggle with these that's things, fish. Not, okay. Also, a hookah is tobacco. So it's not oh. drug. <laughs> I mean, it's drugs, but like it's tobacco. There are hookah clubs all over the place because, you know, legal. <laughs> I just, all I'm saying is thank right, you for jumping um, in where listeners my... after the podcast, I will show Melissa what a hookah is and explain it to her i mean Um, people are gonna need to fact check me hard in this one so um (laughs) so they're they are apparently smoking crack well he is he is and he kind of calls her over he's like get in on this yeah he doesn't so much he just he's like come on come in do it and she's standing at the door like she doesn't want to do this and he just in this really threatening controlling as hell yeah looks at her and says come here just that is all i need if you took out everything else all the other context the drugs if you just have him say come here when you know she doesn't want to like that i already does it 
Yeah. I already have so much information about this relationship that, yes. you know, like, and then you add all the other stuff in. You're like, oh boy, mm-hmm. this is a mess. And you can see that she just melts. She gives in. She comes mm-hmm. over. I kind of assume that she also smokes crack in this situation. Well, she comes in and then we cut to Ben at the clinic. And mm-hmm. so, yes, I'm assuming she smokes here because neither one of them show up for, you know, the meeting. Yeah. Which I guess and- would be an escalation for her if she has said yeah, that she hasn't gotten never... to this point before she yep. i'm guessing does get to this point now um yes. so um and, i mean crack is less expensive um and so you know she's been talking about james having trouble with money and she's been sticking to cocaine which you know is more expensive and you snort that in fact, you can do something called a key bump. It's where you wow. put cocaine on your key and you snort it up your nose. Whoa. Right. Um, hmm. Thank you, Feels like senators. like noses weren't made for that. For snorting things? Yeah. I kind of feel like they were. That's what noses do. They snort. They breathe in and they breathe out. This would be breathing in. Okay. But breathing stuff in? I don't know. I never thought. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. Um, I think air makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I, mean, I draw I my don't line know, with noses. I don't um, know where else on your body you would snort something. I mean, you, <laughs> you give me another hole. <laughs> so this, well, this, this happens. We're yeah. not happy about it, but not, it happens. You know, this is the behavior. And we cut back, and they're just making out, just making out, just making out. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we're actually gonna get a Nolan Felicity scene here for a moment in between all of this, which sort of interrupts this. Really, I don't really feel like we needed to interrupt this, but we are we are doing it nonetheless. So Noel walks in on Felicity changing because we needed that. And yeah, uh, oh, but that I have that in a different order. I have that later. No, I have it in between. Because I have... um, I have that before the haircut. Interesting. I have (laughs) it after. Actually, I have it two scenes after. Uh Aha. Well. Oh, well. You know, we can talk about it in whatever order you want. You want to talk about that? Let's talk about that. All right. Well, we just did. So she's she's walked in on her changing for some ungodly reason. I don't know why we need that. And And she's putting on flannel. Mm Mm-hmm. Gotta love the flannel. Because the point of this scene is not that. It's no. that Morrison, the professor that he brought uh, the loser pet store idea to, loved it. And he's going to bring it to Icebox. Mm-hmm. So Noel's kind of excited about this potential project. And he's going to ask, you know, do you want to do this with me? Yeah. And I think there is a huge contrast here between Noel and Ben. Mm-hmm. You see, you know, Noel has always had these issues with self-esteem and he's taken it out quite a bit on Felicity. Felicity's also taken the brunt from Ben on a number of things. But, you know, in this scene, you know, she has shown she's better than him at something. Mm-hmm. And he's dealing pretty well with it. He's giving her credit. He's bringing her in on it. And he's not being really pissy about it anymore 
Mm-hmm. Whereas what we see from Ben is that he is showing up to a place he has no business being at, you know, waiting for these these other people to show up. And I don't know, like, just again, the the hero complex, the thinking he knows better about her life, the, you know, I feel like up until the very end of this, he's made a lot of questionable decisions. Okay. That, including this is really, sitting there for like three hours. This is really adding home smoking crack. some context for me for a future storyline. So hero complex okay um we will eventually meet avery and that really checks out okay uh just just putting that out there remind remind me to talk all about hero complex there heard the name and it is not i think it's she is not particularly well liked that's all yeah i she's not particularly well liked but i do think that it's um complex and interesting the storyline they give us with Avery. Um, but I think that this idea of the hero complex really, really matches up for me there. Um, so, okay. So Ben now is going to get to the apartment. He was stood up or didn't well, see so Molly or James. We still haven't, we still haven't gone through the hair cutting. It hasn't. Mm, oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So we come in on, on the two of them just making out and James comes up with this fantastic idea. He thinks she should cut her hair and Mm -hmm. she's like, ha no, don't do that. And I mean, as if the come here weren't enough, he comes back in the room with the scissors in his teeth Mm -hmm. and then forces her up like clearly painfully from I think sitting on the bathtub edge and he puts his arm fully around her neck and is like caressing her hair on the other side with his fingers and you see this picture he puts her in front of the mirror and the shot that you've got is him standing behind her with scissors in his teeth with his arm around her neck mm-hmm. and she at the end of this just smiles mm-hmm. and he's saying i'm cutting your hair she's saying i don't want a haircut yeah and he's like but i'm doing it yeah it is basically the gist of what's about like the the relationship of control that these two have um but he's gonna he get cuts- his way here yeah, but he cuts that first piece of hair and it drops into the sink and she smiles. Mm-hmm. That's also the relationship. Yeah. Well, yeah. Ben, we then cut back to, is still sitting at the clinic. Yeah. Waiting for them to show up. So when he gets back to the apartment later after some time has elapsed, he's he's pretty hot. Yeah. He's annoyed. He's got the walk. He's he got the blows past walk. Noel. It was so awkward. It was really awkward, but Ben did not have time for Noel really at all in that situation. He was on a mission and he gets into the apartment and Felicity is is confused because Molly's not there, but her hair is 
all over the bathroom. Yeah. They didn't clean up a thing. I mean, Felicity's you're probably like, not the tidiest when high on crack. Yeah, Felicity has no idea any of that's happening. So all she knows is this. Hair all over the bathroom. This is like, this is weird, right? <laughs> Am I wrong? Weird, huh? Um, ben, it's like, now, I remember cutting my hair and it wasn't in the bathroom. Yeah. No, it was not. No. Uh, people disputed that for other reasons, but not for that. Mm-hmm. So Ben now takes, escalates this. And he's like, you know what? I just don't want James staying here. I just don't. Felicity's really confused. She is missing literally every single piece of pertinent information <laughs> like other than like all she knows james existing at all without her knowing about it is weird the hair in the bathroom is weird you don't want james staying like what is this um yeah. she has no context then then grabs james's bag shakes it and a gun falls out with yeah, felicity like there was, to see it yeah i feel like he was moving the bag maybe towards the door or something and he kind of drops it and the, oh that's a better context than what i had for that yeah and the gun like falls out of the bag as okay. he sort of like dropped it so he wasn't specifically looking through james's stuff in your mind no i don't okay. think so i think he oh. was just picking it up to move it well that works out better than for me uh because i was confused about a thing he says later so i'm not anymore um so at this point they see this gun yeah, which must be hugely triggering from freshman year when they get robbed at gunpoint. They got robbed at gunpoint. Yeah, I was they just both thinking do about do not that. look happy. Yeah, I I had actually for, kind of forgotten. I don't think that watching this scene had ever brought that connotation up for me until I watched it this time. I was like, oh, yeah, the, they were held at gunpoint Yeah, in his apartment yeah. um, at home, yeah. you know, like uh, where you should feel safe they were like um so for them that gets brought up probably here ben then tells felicity everything he says molly's in my al-anon group she talks about james he's using crack she's using something um i think that's everything he tells her and then felicity's like wait you didn't tell me about all this and And says no i'm sorry i should have told you and she just sits down and has this like huge reaction it's like this bigger reaction than anything she had to ben's violence i was like how how is she so nothing about all of ben's violence and then this she's like my head's exploding exploding and I think um, I think that the way I interpreted it was that she moved off of the you didn't tell me relatively quickly oh, yeah. and moved on to the I don't want him living here. Um, yeah, no, no, no. I, I think she, okay. the reaction is to like Al-Anon, James, crack, crack, what? Yeah. Like that's yeah. the reaction. But still feel like she should have had some sort of reaction to Ben's violence. Like, this is what I wanted to see. Yeah. But all that stuff that Ben did. Yeah. And and then Ben says, you know, he's the reason she came to New York. And and Felicity's like, well, I don't I don't want him here either. And I was like, fine. Yep. We'll tell him when they get back. 
so I had a couple of things with this. First of all, at least pick up the gun. Like, don't leave it on the floor. Mm-hmm. Like, hold it. Like, have it somewhere. Uh, like, you're going to have to get this man out of your house. Or mm-hmm. two, call the cops mm-hmm. right now. And that, I would think, is actually my the first thing I would say. Because, so... Obviously, this is the scene where we talk about anonymity, right? Yeah. And I th- I don't remember exactly where I came down on it last time, but, you know, the anonymity is a huge part of all of the A's, right? The A stands for anonymous. Mm-hmm. Um, they're what allows people to feel they are safe. It is a spiritual kind of underpinning of everything that is done. Um, but what it is not is, you know, a, um, like a cloak for criminal behavior. Mm -hmm. That is, that is not what it is intended for. Yeah. And so if you find criminal behavior, then it is absolutely fine to call the cops. Okay. I was wondering about this because I was, I felt like knowing how important the an, the anonymity of those groups is, but we cross lines here for me. Uh, I don't know exactly when, but by the end of this episode, I feel that it would also be wrong for him not to tell Felicity what she's actually dealing with here and to leave her in a situation that she would deem unsafe and that he deems unsafe as well. And um, it is also okay to disclose it's kind of vaguely worded but inappropriate or criminal behavior to mm. other people it's not just to the cops that but like you can tell people stuff feels like less of a moral because i was sitting here thinking like if the if if the anonymity rule is a must 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 and they don't have something like that then if I were in Ben's position, the second I walked into Al-Anon and saw any human that I have any sort of real connection with in the real world, I'd have to walk out and find another group. Because if I heard about any of this stuff in that context and then couldn't report this back because she's living with Felicity, she's bringing this guy. And I'm not sure that I think that Molly's the dangerous influence here for Felicity, but James, they're painting a picture that he's super dangerous for her. Well, and you don't know is, what could happen with Molly if she's bringing drugs in and maybe well, friends thing, later right? and dealers. and So it's it's a lot. And at a certain point, we cross a line where I think this isn't casual anymore. Like the if his girlfriend is at risk, I think he owes it to his girlfriend to put her in a safer situation. But he can't just do that, right? He can't just be like, stay at the loft with me forever because she's going to have questions. And then I was thinking about the fact that, you know, when we were talking about when we were talking about the Julie storyline with Zach and we were talking about like when you report stuff to RAs and schools there in in many cases, most schools have um, written into their bylaws like when RAs are required yeah, mandatory reporting requirements. Yeah, and they do that to to make the RA job worth doing because if somebody comes to you with a serious problem and then you just have to sit there with it and anything could happen and it's on you now, um, I don't know why people would want to do that job. 
So like at a certain point, if there's something where it's like clearly delineated, but if, if they mention this, this is where, you know, your line is where you can take a little bit of the weight off of yourself. Um, and I, I think it, to know that the groups like that have it, it makes me feel better to know that the anonymous groups have something like that too. Yeah. It's like where I said, you know, this isn't the priesthood, right? This is not like somebody comes in and says, I'm going to commit a murder and the priest can't say anything about it. Like you ever. um you said that there was like dispensation around criminal activity. Yeah. What if somebody criminal mentioned suicidality or... or like suicidal ideation? Is that something like what would happen? And I so this is my understanding. I have not looked this up. I believe suicide is a crime. Oh my god. Okay, yeah, that probably that that so, does resonate. Um that means that, you know. Same, okay. same applies but i think it's basically the idea of like the point of the anonymity is to keep everybody like safe and mm-hmm. secure and anonymous right and if if you're actually helping to protect and it's not in in another way hurting um because so the reason you would go it's it's a little this is why it's so tricky between like Al-Anon and NA and AA and all that stuff because Al-Anon is there to help people mm-hmm. who are friends and family of people with addiction mm-hmm. um you know AA is for people who are addicted to alcohol NA is for people who are addicted to narcotics um if you're walking into an Al-Anon meeting and you're saying I'm doing drugs, the thing is to, to be a member of NA, the first requirement is the desire to stop doing drugs. Mm-hmm. So like if you're walking yeah. in and saying like, I'm actively doing drugs, you're not supposed to be there. Yeah, because like, you're not making a commitment. You're to, not. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, anything. You, you don't want to not do it. And it's like, so the whole danger thing, everything that Molly's kind of talking about is like, she is also not adhering to the group rules. So we're actually coming down in pretty similar places on this episode. I think how we get to this point, I mean, Ben does a lot of really overstepping sketchy stuff to get all this information to light. Um, or, or I don't know, she's bringing it to light, but the he's doing a lot of overstepping along the way. But by the time we get to the end of this episode and we have all the information we have, wherever the line was, we probably crossed it somewhere. <laughs> you know, it's like this this whole situation looks a lot different with James in it than it did Um, before um yes and no i mean i do think if she if molly said that she was continuing to use and wasn't going to stop and was bringing drugs in Mm -hmm. regardless of james that's that's also criminal yeah so i think i mean there's definitely hmm I'm relieved that we are are not as far apart as I thought we were on yeah. on like kind of where where this all landed. I mean, um, look, like I said, James is never going to be given the best guy. Yeah, he's <laughs> never going to be given another side. Like, okay. so 
James, they're trying to create something as crystal clear as they can in the story. And they have really no intention of softening it. And, um, and they're, they're showing us this relationship. This is the relationship. And so I think they're trying to make it as cut and dry a thing as they can. Like, I don't think they wanted us to spend a lot of time in this nebulous gray area. Um, that's not the story I think they're aiming for. And so they got us out of there really quick. <laughs> like yeah. a couple episodes ago, what did we know about Molly? And now this is what we know about Molly. <laughs> you know, it's like, what was all that farting around we did with like spirituality and Richard kissing and uh, <laughs> like bubbles and squeak, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, I don't this see them probably, as mutually exclusive. I'm, probably not. Yeah. But like, this is everything we know about her world now. We don't know any of that other stuff anymore. Like that's all gone. And what we're getting is one alarming scene after another of like how deep she is in it right now. And um, we never really had a hint of this. Like we had to the point that you had been making no idea what was going on in her life. But what we were seeing was her showing up for friends, you know, like she, Elena confided in her, Felicity confided in her, Megan confided in her, you know, like everybody was talking with her she was available she was at the apartment she was yeah. you know showing up for them she was lingering sometimes when we thought it was weird and now <laughs> it also explains why she might have walked away when felicity was at the party because either james called or maybe she was on cocaine okay there's that yep. that might work look i will say this one thing for james his name does not mean penis that's right so Any he does get a point Jimmy? there. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Is there anything with Jimmy? I don't, never, never really heard any anyone call it a Jimmy. All right, that's fine. I feel like that would be because you know Jimmys are like sprinkles, and I feel like no one would want that associated with, you know. Look kind of like small penises, though. Yeah. Well, we'll keep moving here. So let's go to a. Elena's <laughs> uh, at the disciplinary committee. She it looks like she has decided to report and yep. testify. And so she she admits to the relationship with McGrath. She makes it very clear that she had initiated it. Mm-hmm. Um, we do find out, I think, for the first time what the age difference was. I don't believe we had heard that before. I we, definitely didn't think that was the age difference. He's He was 44 at the time of the relationship and she was 18. Yeah, so I'm just gonna like apologize. I thought he was like in his sixties. So sorry. Um still not okay, but um yeah. definitely thought he was older. Okay, you thought there was more of an age gap. So um then we're gonna get we're gonna get that piece, but then Elena has held back some information with the committee itself and she just goes back to talk to the dean again, the dean who's such a good confidant. Uh, she says, look, there's one other thing, Dean, there was, you know, there was no offer to change, to give me better grades in exchange for favors, but that doesn't mean like there was a grade and I know about it. 
and I want to take the class again. And the dean's like, Elena, nobody is debating whether or not you've earned all this stuff. Like nobody is debating whether you should have been in those. Like he's 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 like your academic record is not in question here. Um. Yeah, he says the the what administration is not asking you to do this. So, you know, if you're going to do it, you're doing it for yourself. Well, she says I'm doing it for me. And I, you know, it's an important distinction. I think she's decided what she can look in the mirror with and what she can't. And it's going to be a pretty big workload, but sounds like the burden of not doing this will be heavier to her. So, yeah. Um, so we are going to cut to the fetish ball. Well, actually, a line outside of the yeah. fetish ball, just a hallway. We're, we're in queue. Mm-hmm. We're in queue this was the, the ball. this was the lower budget way to get this point across. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Absolutely, whole bunch of people lined up in costumes in a hallway, and the, the one guy comes over to Megan, who's wearing her fake pregnant belly, and some guy comes and rubs the belly. She tells him off. He does not ask. He mm-hmm. does not ask whether he can touch the belly. She, she makes it very like, clear what? he is not welcome to do so. Yeah. What do you think you're doing? Did I ask you to do that? Did I say that was okay for you to do that? I was just like, yes, Megan's back. Yeah. And I Earl's feeling her. the same way. Yay, Megan's back. So glad that you ditched that boring Sean guy. And Megan's like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Don't you... Don't you even criticize my boyfriend while you're wearing nipple rings. That's not a thing that you can do. That's right. Megan's back. She's going to say what she thinks. Mm-hmm. Even now, if Earl doesn't like it. Yeah, Earl's going to take note of the fact that she said boyfriend and not ex-boyfriend. She's like, wait, mm-hmm. hold on a minute. You're still with the guy? And she's like, yeah, I am. And I'm not really sure I'm with why I'm with you right now, to be honest. And she calls him a loser. She gets out of there. She yeah. realizes she has better things to do yeah he's like you like you broke up and she's like yeah we broke up it's what we do Mm -hmm. it's our fetish yeah yeah good good reference there so there's that so it looks like megan's made some choices but we're first going to cut over to elena she's going to catch up with tracy um and she's just going to debrief. She's going to sit lightly and she's going to say, look, I testified. Um, thank I, you. I love how skittish Tracy is every time he is approached. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, I just don't want to have this conversation. Whatever. Oh, it's about that. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. I don't want to have the next conversation. Just, oh, it's about that. <laughs> totally cool. Um, he's like looking yeah. around he's like checking down the hallway like <laughs> like he's, he's so skittish <laughs> uh, <laughs> so elena just comes to say look testified and i want to thank you for encouraging me to tell the truth i miss you and he can't say it back he's like i would hope so and he just sort of leaves it there oh but it's so like we have been watching Ben lie this entire episode. We're mm-hmm. watching this guy, James, be a complete psychopath. Yeah. We're talking about McGrath and how he's manipulating everyone. And it's like having this straightforward, honest guy 
it, it just in comparison to everyone else in the show, he is just like the shining star, you know? And, and I also nice like that um, they're modeling in these conversations. You know, some episodes back, you were saying like that relationship where it was headed between Julie and Elena was so, so in such a weird place because Julie shouldn't have to talk to Elena that thing she doesn't want to. But to me, this is a well-suited match in terms of their conversational styles because I see both of them as pretty straightforward people. Yeah. But they also have limits in these conversations. Tracy has more limits than Elena right now. And Just Tracy fair. is willing to be like, I can do this. I can't do this, but I can do this. But what and he's right saying me, is, I can't do, like, I can do this. I can't do this other thing yet. Yeah. Which you is also, I think, a very thoughtful additional word to put in there. But I, I also think it's telling Elena, here's what you need to respect. Like, this is where I'm at right now. And, you know, um, I think it gives her the roadmap at least of yeah. where they are right then. And I think that they, they gel really well in that way because they're both looking for something sort of similar in how they communicate. Well, and they have chemistry, you know, <laughs> and it's, it's undeniable. She says, I miss you. And he says, I hope so. Yeah. But it's in this very, like, it's, it's almost kind of a joke kind of, you know, we're, we're getting a little closer to, to the point where I'm not mm -hmm. going to completely bite your head off because he then watches her walk down the hallway. Mm -hmm. And there was so, a less, there was less of a, there's different ways you could have delivered that line, right? Yeah, he could have delivered biting. it with more of a bite and he didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, read on paper, it has a bite and he softened yes. it. So I think that was a choice that the actor made. Yeah. And I think it gives us this context so now we're going to catch up with the, you know, the scene everybody My wanted. favorite scene. So Noel is at the episode. loft. Uh, Noel is at the loft. Megan comes in. She had just been, you know, at, in the line for the fetish ball. Mm -hmm. She comes back with movies because she realizes this is the night she wants to have on the Sabbath. And Megan comes in looking for Sean, who is not there. No. But Noel's like, hey, want to see something cool? <laughs> he starts showing her a loser pet store and I like that she just says that's the cool thing yeah <laughs> Megan's back yeah Megan's <laughs> back and also yet again another guy who's like interpreting a very different reaction from Megan than what they should be interpreting <laughs> so Sean comes in at this point now what is he is he like a he's a leather daddy Bob? a leather daddy okay yeah Again, <laughs> I'm getting an education today, folks. I just loved how you said cop. I a cop. Well, how when you don't know what a ever met? daddy is, how was I to know he had handcuffs? But fish. You've seen a cop, right? Like you know what like policemen look like. I mean, <laughs> I do, but I saw the handcuffs. I saw the hat. I just, mm -hmm. I don't know. Okay. Um. All right. So, okay. So uh, he's he's all in leather. Not all leather, daddy. And he apparently was at the fetish ball looking for her. 
Parrot touches her a little. That was sweet. He does, yeah. He's got a whip in hand, little mm-hmm. cat cat of nine tails or however many it has. And he's he's a little pissed. So he's like, I did this for you. Like this is definitely not for him. Yeah, this is not <laughs> let's admit. I've got to be honest. Like those pants, I don't know how far he is post-surgery at this point, but that doesn't feel like the most comfortable choice. Given. pretty loose for you leather so? pants okay yeah so um, um she's like i'm gonna go change yeah and he's, so he, he walks storms off, off. yeah off the huff yes absolutely yeah. and his pants have no ass mm-hmm. and i absolutely love noel's reaction here we got the just a real laugh yes like an absolute hundred percent real laugh and i don't know how she held it together but mandy foreman just went oh assless pants oh sean how yeah or something like that i was just like oh my god yeah and little little trivia for those who don't know um that they that was real reactions because scott foley and mandy foreman didn't know that they were going to be assless pants i think they knew they were going to be assless but he was going to wear boxers under them okay so like he had worn boxers yeah, yeah so when he walks away and they see his butt cheeks that was <laughs> first all, time. like that was the reaction <laughs> Um, oh my god it's scott foley he like he laughs like just this super super like loud real laugh and then he gets this really disgusted look on his face and then he starts laughing again i was just mm-hmm. like oh this is a real moment yeah it was good uh, stuff that happened the very thought that he was walking around like new york city <laughs> possibly going on public transportation like that um I doubt was, he sat down he probably didn't i would hope yeah. he wouldn't sit down like that um but it's sean we don't know so let's head to one more oh wait but i have to give it an award okay. and we are going to give it the best ass cheeks award okay yes that is what sean has won for his bravery in becoming Megan's leather daddy. Well, there you have Best it. Best ass cheeks. Mm-hmm. Okay, I like it. Yeah. Well, we've got one more scene here, and this is um. This, this is, is Molly. Whew, she is off, wow in off this the reservation at this point. So we're in the ladies' apartment. Ben and Felicity are there. Molly comes home. Molly with now a short hairdo. Which doesn't look bad. No, she must have like gone and got it like redone or something. Who's to say? Uh, maybe maybe James has the skill set. We don't nope. know. Not on crack. Maybe he's a <laughs> maybe he's a hairdresser with a dream. I don't yeah, know. Hairdressing savant that only yeah. works really well on crack. Okay, could be it. Fair. Who's Fair to say? Point. We don't know who James is. Yeah. So James. Uh, apparently is grabbing more of his stuff from the place he's being evicted from and he's going to come back over and she starts with the manipulation right there she knows it's a problem and she's not reading the room just yet either oh she's reading the room exactly 
You As think it so? is. Oh yeah, because she's so like, she's oh, like, he's trying to slip this in here. Yeah, she's like, thank you so much. He loves you guys. I mean, she is going on the offensive right now. And they're not. They're just not. So Ben says, listen, he knows everything. And then she just turns on the guilt. Mm-hmm. It's like the like, you mean the stuff secrets, that we talked about and trust, trust is broken. Yeah. Like you, you were supposed to help me getting into his hero complex. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Ben says, oh, you didn't even show up at the center. He's Molly's like, just look, just give it time. These things take time. Yeah. He's like, I waited for you for three hours. You know why you waited for three hours? Cause during those whole three hours, she was smoking crack. If you'd yeah. been back at the apartment. You would have noticed. Yeah. Instead of trying to go to her meeting. Um, he then she, says, you know, he's dealing, you know, that, how does he know, how, how does he know this? So I think she had said in a meeting that he had in the past dealed, but that he wasn't anymore. And Ben starts to get a little upset when she's like, just give it time. And he says, he's, he's seeing through this. Felicity, I don't think necessarily is. Is he's he like, assuming that the gun means he's a dealer? I am assuming. Or is he just as, the assuming protection. the worst? Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, okay. I, you know, I think he's he's saying, I, you know, I think you know that he's dealing again, okay. and I full on see Molly here in denial. Mm-hmm. She's like, he's not. He told me he's not, mm-hmm. and. And that's when Ben goes to, he has a gun. Yeah. So that's why I think those two things are connected. Yeah. Um, and Felicity chimes in here. Just Well, quickly. and also along with all of this, Molly's trying to bargain now for more time. Oh, yeah. She's like, let's just, I'm so tired. Let me get some yep. sleep, which means James would come over and sleep. Mm-hmm. And she's like, the four of us, we could all talk tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and Felicity's like, I'm not comfortable. I'm just not comfortable with him well, here. Well, Ben's the first one who says he can't stay. And yeah. then Felicity backs it up and she agrees. But Ben then goes a step further that Felicity doesn't really seem that comfortable with. He says, and if you don't go to a clinic, you can't stay here either. Yeah. And she, right before that, Molly says, you know, when Ben says, you know, he has a gun, Molly's like, now she's lashing out. She's like, you betray me. Like you're looking through our personal things. Mm-hmm. And that's when he kind of puts, puts his foot down and is like, yeah. And, and this is why I assume at the clinic, she would get tested. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's like, basically you can't do drugs. <laughs> mm. um, and so she just moves straight to Felicity with an emotional appeal. Mm-hmm. and and she's also like and this is not your place ben which is true mm-hmm. however you know given felicity came to this 15 minutes ago um this is a lot of information it's a lot felicity. of information and i i don't know i mean i think there was it was this was not a great situation to set up with felicity at this point in time but you know, what else was he supposed to do? But he, I do think 
like on the one hand, he's overstepping, but on the other hand, Felicity's not giving him anything to go off of. Like she's not stepping in other than to say like, I'm not really comfortable. Like she's kind of leaning on him. It would have been nice had they had we as the audience seen them speak more about how they would handle this. I I mean, we missed the we missed the part where he he told her all this stuff. We got a reaction. But again, it's probably like 15, 30 minutes that she has had to sit with this. But I'm glad seen something about this because it comes off as him just taking over and saying like this is like this is my apartment i'm protecting my woman get out which is mm. (laughs) yeah i i mean do i think the outcome is correct i do um in terms of some some somebody has got to set some limits here um if anybody is feeling uncomfortable in this situation and plus it's not just felicity in this apartment it's elena and it's megan sometimes and i mean there are multiple people but it's not ben and that's kind of the point is like at least if we had seen felicity agree to let him take the lead it it wouldn't have had to be much just like i guess that's the problem with this just unfolding so quickly and the fact that i think they kind of tried to get they tried to blow past the gray area of it all as quickly as possible and make it as threatening a situation as they knew how to do in the time that they had. Yeah, in the context solicity, of like a voice or something. group meetings. So I do think that's a problem with this that, I mean, I wasn't even sure, you know, if you would be okay with the fact that this is no longer anonymous, that Molly was just outed. So I think, you know, I, I, what I'm glad about at least is that they didn't they didn't spend time with Felicity shooting the messenger. Yeah. Because if this had been an episode about like if they had spent a whole episode with Felicity going, you should have told me. Um, mm. I feel like that would have really just taken all the air out of this. And um the the fact that they like at least at least she isn't fixated on that. She doesn't seem, she seems to have put that past, you know, in the rear view. And it's like, here's what's in front of me, Molly and James. And um, at least there's that, but I don't know if she's really had enough time to absorb all this. Yeah. I think all I needed was to hear her say, like, I haven't had enough time to absorb all this. Then you take the lead. Just give him permission. Could have been, yeah. To like do this. And Who's to fine. say? Like, I mean, uh, in my I, mind, I, I, I'm going to pretend she did that. I don't know <laughs> how much experience these writers had with any of this. So, like, I I don't know if um, there may be quite a lot of different things about how. And and there there are critiques that you've made along the way about the group meetings and stuff like that too. And it's like, well, they were writing a story. Um, some of the particulars may be off here, and I think. That probably is a line that would have felt better to us as like Felicity is taking some ownership in her own apartment. Yeah. I mean, I feel like for this episode, maybe they had a consultant or something come on Mm -hmm. because a lot of this does match up, does ring true. Do you Um, think, um, I know that this is moving so ridiculously quickly at the point when Felicity finds out it's like a boiling 
pot of water, <laughs> you know, with James about to stay over for the night. Do you think that Felicity by herself had a right to kick Molly out of the apartment without talking to Elena and Megan? Um, so here's the thing. I don't know what the laws are in New York. Mm -hmm. I know the laws where I am are very renter friendly. And so it is almost impossible to kick someone out of your home, even if they physically assault you. Mm -hmm. um, and you're not allowed to move any of their stuff. You have to like call the cops and have them come. Mm -hmm. So I think she would have had to call the cops and I don't know what she would have told them. Um, I mean, if there's the gun, then yeah, I'd probably pick that up with a whatever, but he could have a carrying license. You don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't think he does because he's a crack addict, but like, I would think if Ben wasn't there, Felicity wouldn't have moved the bag. So like, I don't know how any of this happens without Ben being there. That's the thing. I mean, the, to get to this point, to get to the story they're trying to get to, you need to have somebody who takes so much agency with this, that they move this forward very quickly um, or you develop this organically over a longer period of time where we actually see Molly and James hanging out at the apartment doing continually weird things. Yeah. And, and the, the ladies talking about it amongst themselves, like, did you see that? That was weird, right? But, yeah. oh, did you see that? That was, now I'm not okay. <laughs> you know, like, but the, how long would that have taken to unfold? And I'm telling you, they're not trying to tell this story for very long. Um, they're trying to off-road to a different story that'll that'll piggyback off of this and they need this to happen. And also this is um, timing-wise, this aired November 29th, 2000. So pretty soon they're going to break for the holiday yeah. in the airing schedule. And you're, you know, there are only so many ways that you want to close out a half season before you know you're either going to leave it on a cliffhanger or you're going to leave it on like a major um a major story beat so how long were they going to spend dragging the character development of this guy out well they decided not long yeah apparently um. so give us him in all his glory uh fully formed right here yeah um yeah i mean i also would say if felicity knew all of this stuff then I think she has the the right to ask Molly to leave. I don't think that, uh, you know, Elena is going to, or Megan are, are going to fight her on that. And I think she knows them well enough. Mm -hmm. um, but I think legally, probably all three of them need to be in on it and talk to the landlord. Yeah. And then the landlord would, would have to get involved. I don't but think that this James, is university housing. Um, no, I don't think so. But think like this, James yeah. is not on the lease. She yeah. absolutely can ask him to leave. And she can go and stay at the loft and hopefully get in touch with, you know, Megan and Elena to be like, don't go back there until we talk to the landlord. Yeah. 
So that's that's uh, kind of one iteration of how we think this might have changed in real life if it, were, if it were playing out. But again, in this episode, think about where the, we went zero to 60 in yeah. 60 minutes, 42 minutes, actually. <laughs> um, you know, like what you knew about this situation at the start of it and the level of threat that we're at now I know. is just like astonishing how we got I from still can't believe the gun is just sitting on the floor like somebody picked that up yeah um yeah but and this molly... is the stuff that like when you first start seeing these little hints from molly they don't even give you a long time to linger in the hint phase but uh it is almost impossible to think for me to think about molly without thinking about all this stuff so it's like you know yeah. i look at her and i'm like woo <laughs> i'm trying not to put too much of that on you because you know when we're talking about these episodes that have nothing to do with this stuff it's like well this is who they're telling us molly is and also this i'm just kind of i still wonder why they paid her for like the month when she did nothing but fine um so she yeah. she gets all self-righteous and she's like you're judging me you're saying i have the problem and that's the kind of people you are and she walks off in a huff and again like leaves felicity staring off into space ben does nothing like he just turns around and leaves he doesn't mm -hmm. say anything to felicity he doesn't put his arm around her nothing he just like walks off yeah like okay i mean believe it or not fish we're gonna escalate this situation <laughs> <laughs> um how someone would have to get shot correct Oh, all right then. I'm. That's unfortunate that nobody picked up the freaking gun. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which was my first thought <laughs> when it hit the floor. I was like, "Oh my god, that could have gone off." Somebody pick up the gun. Right. Yeah. Or at least empty the cartridge. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Right. So. <laughs> Now that I've given you that little spoiler, I think like you can just see that uh, no good's coming of this. No, <laughs> no good whatsoever is coming of this. Yeah. Um, Hopefully, at least it's like James that gets shot or something. Yeah, I'm trying to see. I think like two episodes from now. Um, Lovely. Uh, All right. Uh, yeah. Good to know. Episodes to squirm around this. Um, yeah. So, well, fish, who's the worst? <laughs> it's time All for right. our You're the Worst segment. That was good. I am going to say, I'm going to give a caveat here, which is I felt like this storyline around James and Molly was going to get worse. And so I have saved my anger for later. Okay, for great. <laughs> great. So I have decided to go back in time and tell Peter McGrath, you're the worst. That's fair. You didn't even show up in this episode and you're still the worst. Your 44-year-old ass slept with an 18-year-old freshman 
Actually, you slept with a lot of freshmen. You seduced them with the old, my ex-wife is sick trick. Turns out you're still married. And the only thing making her sick is your nasty old man smell. And don't think I forgot what you did to Wesley and Buttercup. You've got Elena's head all twisted up. Thank God for Tracy. But what about all the other poor girls? There's only so much Tracy to go around. Now Elena has to retake your seminar to get her self-confidence and self-worth back up. You took that from her. I'm glad they fired you. And I think the council should take a serious look at those seemingly helping you to keep it quiet. I'm looking at you, Dean. But for now, my sights are set on you, Prince Humperdinck, because you're the worst. Peter McGrath. <laughs> you're the worst. Yep. Yes. Now, you know who's the best fish? And I, I'm going to I'm going to go off the road a little bit here for my normal segment for, for a moment. Well, um, personally, I think it's our listeners and then Tracy. Okay. I don't disagree with it being our listeners, but this week I would also like to highlight you. That's right, you, what? Fish. Me? Me? How am I the worst? No, you're the best. Oh. <laughs> I Did like, I not say that part? Was that no, you may have. Only? You may and have. Then I, okay. <laughs> so you're the best. And here's oh. why. So uh, I know we're, you know, like a week and a half ahead here in recording, but I just want to be really clear. But Fish mentioned that I recently had my 40th birthday. And now you might be thinking, what do you get for the girl who has everything? (laughs) And Fish, I don't know how you came up with this. Fish found an artist (laughs) who she could commission to create, recreate a picture of me talking to Dr. Pavone in Dr. Pavone's office in the show. Yep. She sent through like images, like screenshot from the show of Felicity talking to Dr. Pavone. And she sent through a picture of me and she's like, turn this into Melissa gets to have a confident, you know, a confidential conversation (laughs) with Dr. Pavone in her office. Like she always wanted. I don't know how a human even thinks this up. (laughs) <laughs> but the moment that I saw this, so I, I, I open up the file, I see this picture, and I thought, how could it be so perfect? <laughs> how did I not know I needed this until the very moment I'm looking at it? And then I realized I had said that I needed it. Yeah. Many times. And I was like, but I, I'm stupefied, okay? <laughs> I, I just don't know what to tell you. Folks, if you haven't had a chance... Go to our Instagram at Felicity Podcast. It's one of the pinned posts. Just marvel at this because nobody can think of stuff like this. Okay. Nobody except fish. That's it. I mean, you've said so many times that you wish you had had a Dr. Pavone when you were in college. And I can't go back in time, but in going through Instagram, I happened to find this artist who has a real niche market. He 
he does realist drawings and he takes your dead relatives and pets and puts them back into your family photos. And I was like, hmm, if he can do that, I think he can do this. And so I contacted him and I was like, want to try this? And he was super excited and he wrote back on Instagram and like he had been back in touch with me a couple of times and was like, oh, I'm so excited about this. I can't wait to see her reaction. Like he's been super excited about this. So, yeah. He nailed it. He absolutely nailed it. He clearly did some research on the show. He has like Dr. Pavone smoking with a little plume of smoke coming up. Which was not in the original photo I gave him. Mm -mm. I mean, just... Chef's kiss. Yeah. Just amazing. And I want to, and he's, he's from like a small place in, uh, in England. And (laughs) we we went international Mm -hmm. and his name is Johnny Worsley. Yes. Johnny Worsley artwork on Instagram. You can see his Instagram posts. You can see his Etsy page. He also will talk, turn your animals into like royalty, if you would like. Mm-hmm. Um, or I, should you bring him screenshots from the show from the city? I mean, he this could be another very niche, very niche market. <laughs> <laughs> you know, every little bit. He's turned families into the Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. I saw that. Um, check him out. He's he's great, but it's I don't know. There was some force in in the universe pushed me towards this guy at a moment when I was thinking, what, what do you get? For the what would Melissa? Everything? Yeah, <laughs> what, what would Melissa appreciate? What is something that she could look at and be like, yes, I now have this forever. I mean magic just perfect perfection perfection magic that's what this is uh (laughs) what did you get for your birthday perfection (laughs) magic (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean guys check it out if you haven't already go to our instagram go see it you can't miss it you you just have to look you have to okay um fish you know who else is the best though Still our listeners. Still our listeners. It's time for our favorite segment. After you listen to this tape, you have to erase it. Yay. So a few different things here. A few about Sean and then one uh, that we recently received. Um, I'm going to start with the one that isn't about Sean. Okay. Colleen Tenbus was listening to um, your prediction about what kissing Mr. Covington was about, your prediction. Mm. And she says, I want to live in a world where the kissing Mr. Covington episode is about John Ritter kissing babies. Yeah. Please take me there immediately. (laughs) Bless you, fish, you sweet summer child. (laughs) Reality is so much ickier. Between this episode and the impending arrival of Avery, it's my least favorite season. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a 
feeling that people aren't going to love my takes on Avery. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I mean, look, clearly people didn't like Greg, but they stuck with us through that. Hey, you're, you're still with us. If you're not with us anymore. That's probably why. But if you are still with us, then great. Um, you made it. And that might be, I don't know. We'll see what you think about Avery Fish. But I, I feel like it's all part of the development of our characters. That's what I think. Okay. I mean, um, that's what you thought about Greg, too. I really do. Yeah. I see these people as servicing the growth and development of our characters. Uh, so we've got a few on Sean. First of all, um, on Sean's testicular cancer storyline, we have a comment from at Soraya E28 who says, I like the way they played it out. Sean was anxious and in denial as a lot of people would be. Having Megan there to support him and hold his hand through it or boss him through uh, or boss him around through it, which she was so good at, was literally a lifesaver for Sean. Watching kids handle this situation shows how these events make you a stronger and wiser person. Yep. I think that is part of the, the magic of of the PSA moments in the show are also around, you know, seeing how the characters deal with the tough things in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Sean's meant to be a little bit older than them. I, I don't know exactly how much older, but I think it's an interesting thing to set that story in a, in a show about college students, because not, you know, I don't know if a lot of college students would necessarily have this dynamic with an older roommate, but you would probably have older people in your lives and you might not have this kind of thing on your radar until it needs to be on your radar. And I think the fact that they gave us the stories um, with, with a character that is going to survive it and with a character that's going to continue to be, um, to have so much like enthusiasm about life and he's, you know, he's going to go back to being the Sean we know and love. Um, I think it's important that we saw that that could be on the other side of dealing with your health issue. Yeah. Unlike everything we saw from Julie, Mm. um, this is like the exact opposite. Um, I, for some reason it's sticking in my head that he's eight years older than them. Mm, Could be. Why? Could be. So uh, previously we asked what people's favorite Sean moments were. And of course, you know, a couple (laughs) of them are going to have to come from this episode. So at Wendy Enzor says, assless pants at the fetish ball to impress Megan. (laughs) Full stop. It got an award. Yeah, sure did. Um, But she wasn't, she wasn't the only one. Uh, Let's see. Uh, at Willis Rager, 862. The assless chaps fetish ball scene in season three, episode nine, James and the giant peach, all kinds of inappropriate emojis <laughs> at Greg Grunberg. Um, look, this was the most popular. And it was such a short, moment. it was such a short scene too. <laughs> But unforgettable. I mean, think yeah. about the impact made in two seconds of him walking away. I, I mean, mean, my life will never be the same. Probably not. 
Uh, we've got one more that I'll throw in here. So this one is actually a review we received recently Ooh. from Felicity Podcast, best ever. <gasps> Thank you, whoever you are. <laughs> uh, this person says, Felicity is my favorite TV show of all time. Melissa and Fish do a fabulous job of breaking down every emotion, detail, and plot point there is. They have a nice banter and differing opinions that keep things interesting and hilarious all at once. It has been such a joy to rewatch this beloved show alongside these two amazing people. Aww. That's so nice. Oh, man. <laughs> we'll see podcast best ever. You're the best. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, God, it's lovely. It's, it's good to know that us not always having the same takes has created something interesting. <laughs> By not always, we mean not almost ever. every time we disagree. Yeah. But still love each other all through it. Of course. Because that one time. when you dig down, way down to the bottom of our relationship, you hit love. love. Um, that's right. That is absolutely right. Now, Fish, we yep. need to rate this episode. And Me it would too. be a tremendous favor to me if you would start. Because okay. I'm up in the, I'm, I don't know what to do. All right. Um, so, you know, I am going to have to rate in gloves. I always do. Um, I got you. I got you. On this this is a dumpster fire oh. of a show. I mean, it's it is multiple dumpster fires. Everyone is in a dumpster and on fire. So, I, the thing is, I kind of like that. Yeah, I like how messy this episode got. Mm -hmm. um it went really quickly and it was like hi molly molly smoking crack like <laughs> hey mcgrath comes out oh like my whole future might be going up in flames like ben what you doing what what is this thing that you're doing Felicity's just staring off into space, like all the time. Um, I mean, James Gunn, I mean, dumpster fires all over. And yeah, I'm there for it. And I mean, I, I have to give it all of the points for the assless pants and the leather daddy look. I mean, Sean. Where did that come from? Mm -hmm. Good on you. Go get your woman. Earl can suck it. So I am going to give this one an 8.5. I feel oh, like there were some very problematic moments that are going to get it dinged. And we have talked about those. Um, but I... I mean, especially compared to the episodes where I was just like, I couldn't care less. Mm -hmm. And the one before that, where I was like, I hate life. Mm -hmm. um, this is coming off as like a really good episode. So that's where I'm, I'm coming down. 8.5 8 gloves for all of the many dumpster fires. Wow. Okay. Cool. 8.5 gloves. All right. <clears throat> 
I, as promised, am rating this one in assless pants. Yay. Ah, uh, okay. Well, I'm just going to put the number that first came to mind, which is seven. Why? I don't know. Don't hassle me. <laughs> we don't know why. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I just... Melissa, why? <laughs> I mean. Justify the assless pants. I think maybe the way that you're describing it as a dumpster fire is why I'm so at sea. Um <laughs> It's like, I, I just, I'm just throwing a number on a wall and seeing if it sticks and the seven stuck. And okay. that's what I'm giving you here. I know some of the stuff that's coming up and I, I want to say that'll be higher um, in my, like a particular episode I'm thinking of will probably be higher than that. So I want to be mindful of what we're building to. I think that... On the one hand, I think some of the stuff these characters are doing very much resonates in terms of who they are. And in some ways, it's, I think part of it is just how much they're trying to advance this Molly and James stuff so quickly, so yeah. fast. Um, and the McGrath stuff. And the McGrath stuff. And remember, like, we've been hanging on to the McGrath stuff for uh, what years, years? because we <laughs> saw we actually saw them in bed together we didn't see hey thank thank you to the show yes, for just showing yes. us the morning after and nothing else yeah. but they showed us that what was it the last episode of the first season and then they held this story uh almost entirely up until you know the last couple episodes and the only time they mentioned it was early in season two when Elena was trying to build trust with Noel. We did see her tell him about this. That's it. Then we forgot about it for the whole rest of season two. And, you know, now we're a third of the way into season three before they even mentioned this again. And now it's really a major story. And it's happening at such an interesting time between Tracy and Elena. And I think my favorite part of this episode, similar to the last one, is the Tracy and Elena stuff because it's so complicated. Mm. And it's so like we're we're not okay. But I but there's still this underlying love and there's this, still this I'm gonna take care of you from Tracy on this issue specifically and only this issue. Um and there's this vulnerability that Elena's revealing when she's at the lowest of possible lows with the guy. She probably doesn't want her. To, she probably doesn't want Tracy to see her this low and never had in the past. Their whole relationship was fueled by this competition and this, you know, she was always putting that perfume on and like they were always competing for good grades. And here it's like, it's ugly and it's, it's a mess. Um, and she's doubting herself more than she ever has. And that's the side of herself she's presenting to Tracy. So I think that part's cool. But yeah, the Molly James stuff having to advance so quickly. I think the issues that you're taking and that I'm also taking with, with some of the stuff Ben's doing is really just they needed to get to here with Molly and James. And the only way they could do that was by having somebody overstep to an absurd degree um, in an episode. <laughs> you know, it's like... <laughs> It's like this stuff probably should have unfolded over a few episodes and okay. they wanted to tell it quicker 
they were trying to get to another place. So I don't know. Um, do I like it? It's a memorable episode. It's definitely more than the halfway mark for me. I think there's stuff I'll remember more and we're building to it. And um, some of it is just a weird pacing thing. When who when they gave the writing room, like, okay, this is what we need to accomplish in this episode. <laughs> they must have been like, how could we possibly do that with Molly? You know, like, <laughs> how I mean, can we possibly get there? Let me get this episode. Really, all you need is the crack pipe scene and you're there. Unless you don't know what the crack pipe is. <laughs> And then, and then you're on Struggle Street. Okay, that's it. Um, yeah, but you knew that he did crack. You never looked up on the internet, like, how no. do you do crack? No. <laughs> I think I think what we found here is <laughs> you just don't have an interest in I this don't. kind of stuff. I've seen people do like I've watched a lot of TV and a lot of movies and I've seen people do all kinds of drugs, but I can't name any of it. I can't name what they're doing, what it's called, <laughs> what the techniques are like uh, but you could had you looked it up. And the thing is, is you probably, just have no interest. Yeah, it's probably just very care. dangerous for me if I actually did have an interest because what if I tried something and I like used the wrong paraphernalia for the wrong <laughs> drug because I misinterpreted um <laughs> I mean, had I thought, because the show originally told us that the drugs in the closet were crystal meth. So had yeah. I thought that that was what they were going to be showing us here, which I could have until you corrected me, like they mentioned crack cocaine in this episode, they mentioned cocaine. But what if I had thought that the crack pipe was actually a mechanism for getting crystal meth? What if that I had happened? Also smoke meth. So it's fine. Okay, great. Good news. Uh, then I wouldn't have died. <laughs> maybe um listeners i mean if you've learned nothing else you've learned that i just am all the way square that's it i every edge is straight (laughs) straighter than the last (laughs) um that's it that's it but you love me anyway hopefully that's the hope yeah so All right, those are our ratings. 8.5 out of 10 gloves, 7 out of 10 assless pants. Mm-hmm. And we would love to know what you think. Look, we this was one of our longer ones that we've uh, done recently, and we raised a lot of pretty big discussion points here. So we would love to know what you all think about it. Send us your feedback at themelissafish at gmail.com. That's Melissa with one L. Two S's, themelissafish at gmail.com. And you Again. wonder why we spell out Melissa's name. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, right before this podcast, we had someone not related to the podcast, just a friend, uh, spell her name incorrectly. Mm-hmm. So we do like to spell it out. And this is someone who's known her for years. Yeah. Yeah. You either spell it the wrong way or you call me Michelle. For some reason, those are the two go-tos. Like every every stranger is like, oh, Melissa, is that with two L's? No, I've never met a Melissa with two L's. If you're listening to this and you're a Melissa with two L's, please identify yourself to me because I've been waiting for 40 years now to meet a Melissa who spells her name the way the default guess is. (laughs) I don't understand. Don't understand. And then when people forget my name, they always are like, Michelle, right? Hmm. 
So that's the Melissa fish. Melissa with one L. <laughs> Two S is the Melissa fish at gmail.com. And then, of course, if you want to find that amazing artwork that fish got commissioned for me, or if you would like to join in the conversation with all kinds of other cool Felicity fans, find us on Instagram at Felicity Podcast. And if you're interested to know when we drop our episodes, we actually release a newsletter every time we do. So you can sign up for that wherever you're listening to this podcast, check your show notes and there should be a link for the sign up in there. And hey, while you're there, you might ask yourself, can I rate or review this episode? That would be a cool thing for me to do. What if I did that and more cool Felicity fans could find this show? How great would that be? Now, if you were thinking all those things, <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and write and review us. Okay. That'd be it. That would be awesome. That'd be a great favor you could do for a human. Two humans, us. And all the other people. <laughs> just okay. Okay. I can make things go on forever if I want. Um, all right. I'm a little confused here, Fish, because next episode title is two titles, and I don't know which what? one's <laughs> accurate. So I'm going to throw both out there, and maybe I'll just try to do a little more research on this. But I've got one version is Let's Get It On, and the other one is Final Touches. Huh. What do you think's going to happen in Let's Get It On or Final Touches? I think it on the one I'm looking at, it's let's get it on. Okay. But I'm happy with that. I just assumed, I don't know, more people were going to have sex. Um, Cause that's what let's get it on means. However, now that I know someone's going to be shot, um, not in the next episode. But let's get it on could be like a fight thing too. So it's either a fight or sex, but clearly either one will revolve around Ruby and her baby. Okay. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yep. Makes sense. Ruby and her baby will come back and they will want to move into Molly's room and they, you know, Felicity is going to need to tell Molly that really she can't have all of the crack smoking around the baby. And that is the reason that she she must vacate. Or maybe the baby is a karate prodigy. Oh, that's somehow. true. And gets in a Trained, fight. Yeah. With... Very, very young, could barely walk, but uh, or yeah. maybe not at all walk yet. But it's, yeah, it's... training for karate. Less than a year old, right? Yeah. But hey, yeah. it starts young sometimes. Passion begins early. Sure, sure. Aptitude <laughs> can start from the womb. That it can. <laughs> well, folks, I guess that's what we will or will not see next time in either Let's Get It On or Final Touches. That's weird that those would be the two names. I know. I feel like those are very different things. I know. Final touches sounds like, I don't know, Felicity and Noel are going to finish their pet shop thing and then mm -hmm. pet the baby. Okay. Okay. Well, all right then. Those were our guesses. Anything else you wanted to mention from this one, Fish? Just uh, true to my prediction, assless chaps went up 
like a notch. Mm-hmm. Well, until next time, fish. Don't hook up with Ben while I'm gone. I'm a fish. Bye. Bye, everyone.